Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Back in the Life Boat, a podcast where we watch and recap every episode of the series Timeless. I'm Helen, and I'm here with my co-host, Heather. Hey, guys. And our sort of guest for the week. I don't know if you're really a guest, because this is our, um, what, like, producer, editor, behind the scene man, who's, for today, is going to be on scene, in the scene, in front of the scene, whatever, however you say it. Hi, Manny. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, but yeah, today we're covering season one, episode 10, the capture of Benedict Arnold. And as you know, as usual, you guys know the drill by now. We'll do a quick episode overview. And before we get into the thick of things, and then we'll go over of our overall thoughts and Heather's theories for what's coming. And guess what? We have a listener email. Oops. Helen's this excited. Is, I'm so excited. Uh, send us email, you people. <laughs> we want to talk with you. And like, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one because it's a slightly different take of than us, I guess. So it's good. Anyway, I'm I'm already blabbering all over the place, so this is gonna be a fun one. Um, let's start with the episode overview. So, as I said, the title of this episode is the capture of Benedict Arnold. Um, the episode description from uh, Rotten Tomatoes is: During the American Revolution, a surprising turn make Lucy, Wyatt, and Rufus question whether they've been fighting for the right side. In the present day, Agent Christopher prepares for the worst. Oh yeah, okay. I just wow. I watched the episode yesterday, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, right, that's the thing. <laughs> I feel like so much happened that by the end of it, you forget that the whole like Lucy Christopher dinner ever existed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, just this like episode, really yeah, it is just that one scene at the beginning. I mean, two technically, because there's like the dinner and then the conversation after. But yeah, it's just. Those like yeah three minutes at the beginning and and then we're it's a whirlwind yeah um this episode originally aired December twelfth twenty sixteen and this is the mid season finale and what a finale uh what a cliffhanger to be left on yep um this episode was written by Tom Smuts, which uh, like hits the um, second of four episodes he's doing. Like the first one was uh, one o two, so it's kind of a similar time period to. I got that. Well, and I yeah, I kind of picked up on that too of like because that was the Lincoln episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that I mean, I feel like they had very similar like pacing and kind of just general like vibe. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Like I think also thinking of the ones that he does that I know that he writes as well. He writes the beginning of season two and the the end of season two just before the movie. And those episodes are like very like action oriented mm-hmm. and dramatic episodes. And they're so all like seems to be his thing. very, very good one, good episodes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say they're all, if anything, if I think of all four of them, and obviously, Heather, you can only judge two, but if <laughs> I were to, like, to think about, like, all four of them, honestly, one or two might be my least favorite of the four. 
I agreed. I think this one is probably like the best, followed by the. Two one two I, I, one is one is is like in my top five, possibly top three episodes of. No, maybe not top three. Let's say top five episodes of all time. Notice that you're the one that's ranking them. By the way, I didn't even say anything about ranking them. But you, you, you're no, the but one he, that's putting them. You'll in. notice because those are easy. I mean, like the two of season two are a little bit harder, but they're all in this like kind of like it's like two hundred one would be in like the the very very high like best ranked one, and then. Same with the last one of, like, the last one of season two is in, like, maybe, like, the very top of the middle tier, which is, by the way, 90% episode. And then the other one, like, they're sort of more or less in different places. So, like, I don't have to to rank, like, really, really, really close ones. But, yeah, that's, this is killing me. Um, Moving on. Uh, (laughs) And this episode <laughs> is directed by, like, obviously the rankings being in my mind because I know eventually it's coming and I'm torturing coming. myself thinking ahead. Um, yes, yeah, this episode is directed by uh, John F. Showalter. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Uh, this is the first of five episodes he's going to direct, uh, including, like, I counted the movie as one. Yeah. Um and he's another creepy veteran. So he's he also did directed timeless. 203. What? He, he also directed a um season two, episode three. Yeah, no, I said like th- this one is the first and he's gonna do five in total. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, so yeah. yeah, he's in there. Um but yeah, he's worked with uh Kripke a lot because like he's on timeless obviously, but he also did like 26 episodes of Supernatural. He worked on the Winchester, he worked on Revol like Revol Revolution. Pronounce that word. Um I still don't so, watch like, that. I still need to. It's good. Like um again, very limited memory. Like I remember most of it, at least the first season. And I remember really enjoying the first season. I cannot remember where they left. I I don't think it wraps up. I think it was canceled before they could do like more of a wrap up. But again, I don't remember all of it. What I remember, I really enjoyed. And there's mm-hmm. some good people because like there's Billy Burke, there's um, Elizabeth Mitchell too. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy Rudolph was on it. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Like yeah, that was, she she's the main character. Um, yeah. And also, um, I think his name is uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's some really good names on there. Uh, I, again, it, it, I think it ends in kind of like a cliffhanger-ish, like, there's no really, no real end to it. Um, but I still think it's worth a watch. Speaking yeah, of, uh, um, me no, I, I was I was gonna say like on those cliffhanger endings. I saw a really funny tweet the other day that was like, um, uh, shows that f shows that end with cliffhangers should carry a small jail sentence. Mm-hmm. True. Okay, that, that's really They're funny. like. 
they should be required to do like a short movie. I don't care if it's 30 minutes long. You know what? Exactly. I, I don't care if it's one scene or like two scenes, t- 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever. It doesn't even have to be a full movie or a full episode. Just give us a few se- few scenes to like wrap everything up so we know how our characters are going to end up. Like, mm-hmm. that should be... that. Sh- Is it too late to write that into the WGA contract? No. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we, we didn't we didn't talk we about didn't that like that uh, yeah, that little uh, segue here. Um since we spoke last time. So when we recorded with Midas at Molly's, we were like there was some hope and it turns out that what was it like a couple days later, uh yeah. the WGA got their contract. Um they and I haven't really looked into it but uh, I know uh, Logan from Ladies Night uh, and Kim. Uh, they they did quite a, an extensive um, part of their episodes about it, and from from what they're saying, like it's it looks like they got a so lot of they what yeah. they're asking for, and it's it's uh, it's been called a revolutionary contract. So lot 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 of good. Mm-hmm. advances so we see that yeah. come with the actors soon i yeah. really hope so yeah i i mean i'm like cautiously optimistic because i think they just wanted to get the wga first so that the writer's room could reopen and they could start planning stuff ahead and then they're now able to focus on the sag after negoci- negotiations so that by the time that's done they can pretty much start filming almost yeah. right away so and from what i understand they they kind of have to have a contract like by end of october ish if they want to save the season i mean fingers crossed right like because then was it i mean we're recording what's today saturday the 7th it's they they met on wednesday and then they met again yesterday and they're scheduled to meet again on Monday. So I think this is, like, yeah, like you said, cautious optimism that they're meeting every few days and hopefully... At least they're talking. Yeah, at least there seems to be actual negotiations going on, which is better than we've had so far. So uh, it's not just going into the the room and saying, no, that's not good for us. Bye. Yeah. So, anyway, Joe Walter, it looks like, also directed a uh, episode of Legends of Tomorrow, where yeah, uh, he... Ray and Sarah and Kendra got stranded in the fifties, which was one of my favorite episodes of the early season. Yeah, I, I cool. we segued into the strike before I could finish, but um, yeah, oh, yeah, he no. already, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, he also directed like some episodes on the Mentalist, and like you said, a few like DC Universe shows, like. Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. So, and SWAT, yeah. I found as well, actually. SWAT, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't put them all because some of them have so many credits. I kind of like yeah. stick to what I know more, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, so he's a pretty experienced director. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it is now 
Time to get back in the lifeboat. And we started this episode in the past uh, with Benedict Arnold talking to his wife before running away to basically betray Washington and the, how you call this army? The The Continental Army. Continental Army. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We had the Continental Congress at the time. Gotcha. Uh, And meanwhile, he he leaves his wife to kind of buy him time uh, and serve Washington breakfast until like an aide sort of like another soldier brings him a letter that probably says Arnold went to the other side and he big mad. Yeah, he he's big very mad. <laughs> um, and in in the present, like we were talking earlier, Lucy is having dinner at Dennis's house, and we meet Michelle. Um, I love her. She could see straight through Agent Christopher's BS of oh, invite Lucy Preston over. Uh, yeah, and like like she says, like Lucy's the only co- colleague. God, I can't speak. Um. What else is new? Um, then, like the only co- colleague, Den- Denise has ever introduced to to her. So, it's but yeah, I I love them so much. Uh, it is like a bit of diversity too. Uh, it's like you know you always expect. I mean, maybe that says something about me, but you kind of always expect the traditional, you know husband and it's a wife and nobody really makes a big deal out of it except me i guess um but uh, no, good. the diversity is good. i just it's love that it's just yeah. you know in there and it's totally normal uh i guess like you see that more now but i feel like even 2016 it was maybe a bit more of a big deal i don't know uh yeah i mean i can't really think of another show with a gay couple that has that was out at that time now that i'm thinking about it yeah um, i'm actually watching but i wasn't watching a lot of tv right through now. then so i don't know uh, that's fair anyway i just and i just like you said like she sees right through her wife and it's you know there's a bit of banter um i mean i don't know if bad banter but yeah she she sees right through denise but also like it's not like she's mad or anything um now she's just like what's going on it's like i, I know exactly that... and and she's so supportive too she's like i know mm-hmm. like i know her job is demanding and dangerous and sometimes i don't really want to know but again like it's not um it's not a uh like it's not a bad thing she it just is Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. what I, I, I really love too is we we see a like a, another side of Denise. Like she's can say she's lighter. She's softer, with, yeah. Yes. And she's or like she's, she's like, almost she's almost giggly at one point, like when Michelle calls her out. Like not yeah. really giggly, but you can tell she she kind of rolls her eyes and she's smiling and whatnot. And it's, it's just something really she wouldn't allow watch. herself at work exactly yeah. it's really cute to watch but i did have a question here does lucy know how to eat dinner not awkwardly 
<laughs> I feel like every time we to... see her at dinner with somebody other than like the time team, it is just super awkward. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I think that's just Lucy, to be honest, in some ways. Oh, that that too. Uh, but also like the situation is like the other dinner was with the the man she's supposed to be engaged with that she doesn't know. Not uh, so that would be awkward. And here, like Michelle, uh, not Michelle, Denise is her boss. She has no idea why she's here. Like she, she, she's not stupid. She knows something's up. There's there's a, re- a reason for that dinner. Uh, and so like there's okay. What do I talk about? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's actually Michelle who kind of breaks the tension, which I love. I mean, okay. it, it is a strange sort of thing, you know. It's not like um, you know, Lucy and and. Just for exactly, you know, the closest. It's not like it's, you know, Wyatt or Rufus. Um, and, you know, and you know, you think about the positions of authority. Not that Christopher is their boss, but like, you know, it's the, it's it's a weird situation. So mm-hmm. it it does make yeah. sense. Yeah. So when she like can't also there's stuff like she cannot say in front of Michelle. That's true. Like. So I guess, yeah. I mean, it does make sense that it's a little awkward. Uh, but yeah, Michelle, like, at the very beginning, uh, she mentions that they have two kids, uh, mm-hmm. Olivia and Mark, from, like, what you gather, considering Olivia's already had her bedtime, so she's most likely the youngest. And uh, um, I also left, I forgot to say, like, the, um, or is it right after Oh, it's after. Okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, like all, all in all, Michelle and Denise looks like they they have a very, very healthy relationship. Mm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, even I, with her not being able to t- like say a lot about her job, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. And so after dinner, Michelle is not in the room anymore, and Lucy and Denise can talk. Uh, and I love there that they pan over. A couple photos uh, that are clearly, I mean, I think, young Sakina Jaffrey with most likely her own children, I would say. Because they don't look like they're photoshopped. And like after a quick uh, look at um, Sakina's Wikipedia page, like she also has a son and a daughter. So I'm I'm thinking maybe they use some of those photos because I don't know, they don't look photoshopped to me. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. I didn't really catch him for some reason. It's it's just so cute. Um, and so yeah, they they talk and Denise says uh, a bit of a favor to ask Lucy. I liked also like the so she she gives Lucy uh, a USB drive with uh, the photo of her family just to make sure mm-hmm. they're safe. Uh, in in someone's memory and there's proof of their existence really um yeah well and being in the lifeboat they'll be like protected from time so from time change but, yeah yeah um also but did and, they not uh, learn what? maybe it's just me it was it was kind of weird like they not learn from i was like three episodes ago that the that the lifeboat got hit and they nearly weren't able to return to them so i kind of feel like leaving like i get it they have to have it on like they have to leave the USB somewhere. I'm just like, 
maybe the lifeboat isn't the best place to put it in. But I mean, where else do you want to put it? I mean, I guess we could just keep it on her person, but like, yeah, I, 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 feel, I get I feel it. Like I, that's I, I get probably it. what she would do. Yeah, but uh, she ends up but in I mean, like a swamp sometimes, and so maybe like in your yeah. pocket. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, chance, chances are, chances are, they're gonna bring back the the lifeboat anyway because they have to come back, and if they don't come back, then you know, it's like so there's no point anyway because. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I, I'm nitpicking yeah. that like unnecessarily. Yeah. It's just it's, weird. It's fine. Yeah, it's me. Um, I like because so the the photos we see in the house are most likely part of the photos that are on the drive. So mm-hmm. I I just so thought that like was lead a, into it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good touch. And it's also just like really heartbreaking. I know that Denise feels like she has to do mm. that because like. If she didn't do that, she would just be completely unaware mm-hmm. and she'd never yeah. know that it was like that, that painful that she lost her whole family basically to time. And so it's like on one side, like she could be like blissfully unaware if she just left it as it is. But also like here now in the present, like as a mom myself, like I can't imagine like yeah. I'm in the same boat as her. Like I can't well, imagine I- not knowing that my family existed. And that, that's what she tells Lucy. Yeah. She tells, like, as much as I feel for you and your sister, uh, it's it's thinking about your mother that had a daughter she doesn't know existed. Uh, that mm-hmm. makes me, like, this has become my worst nightmare. Uh, and it's, it, it, again, it's such a, a good um, emotional and vulnerable moment that we haven't seen Denise have yet mm-hmm. and it, it really paints a new like adds a new layer to that character yeah um, i feel yeah. like they do a lot with her in a very short amount of time yeah they have to do mm-hmm. it with her and gia and mason really too mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're starting to really have more of a clear image of who's the good guy and who's the bad guy really yeah on our side. i mean yeah. up to to some extent to some extent uh, but also one last point on on Denise is it's pro it's possibly I think one of the reasons that she worked out a deal with Lucy to get back her sister after everything's done that fast because she could relate like she she was thinking about yeah. Carol and thinking like oh I, I gotta bring Amy back not just for Lucy but for the mother who doesn't know she lost a daughter mm-hmm but yeah, but really, really good scene. Even though, um, we can we so much happens after that that we can forget it's here. But it's it's a very very sweet and good scene. Uh, speaking of good scene, we switch to uh, Gia's apartment, and she and Rufus are playing video games, and it's just so cute. They're adorable. They're I love so them. Adorable. I also love her apartment. There's like a a Star Trek yeah. painting in the background. I know, and it's just very her. Mm-hmm. Like for what and, we know about her yeah. so far, and I I love also like their their banter. Like they're playing uh, what is it like Street Fighter or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, Rufus goes like, "It's not sexist if I beat you with a woman, right?" <laughs> <laughs> 
which is such a ruthless thing to say but yeah uh, unfortunately it does not last long enough because there's a knock at the door and they think it's pizza but it turns out it's a very very drunk mason uh and like he might as well be wearing a, a number one Rhea shirt because when he sees them, like yes. he's super giddy. That is like, oh, I'm glad you two are a thing, by the way. Yeah, he's like head of the fan club. That he knew that's yeah. where Rufus would be too. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's not home. I guess he's a Gius. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean, if there is any point in time he'd wear that shirt, it's now because he's like completely hammered. But like I, I really hope like I mean he has a limo and a driver, I I would assume, so at least he wasn't turn driving. I hope not. Um True. Yeah. Um um Yeah, what I also been, forgot to mention is uh Mason kind of sends Gia to her room in her own apartment, which is a little awkward. Yeah. Which that door is just like super thin. I know. <laughs> so if she could hear everything it's like what just leave her in the room (laughs) yeah if it honestly if it was me uh i I would have my ears like on the door too so (laughs) yeah it's your if it's your apartment (laughs) yeah exactly uh i guess i mean you know she she doesn't know about house yet so like it's it's not that they don't want her to know what's going on. It's that they're protecting her, I think, more, yeah. more than anything. But yeah, it's kind of so. But in the, in this conversation, before we really get into it, we get a little bit of background on Mason that uh, his mom used to clean houses, and they were like quite poor. And um, this isn't my theory again. Slogan's theory, and I asked her if I could share it, but she had this headcanon, and I think it's really, it's I could see it, where Mason's mom is actually the doc. That'd be from interesting. From the Water Gate episode. And I I really like that theory, because you could, ex- you could think, I know she's supposed to have like a husband and whatnot, but that husband could have, you know, died or disappeared at any point when they were in Hong Kong. And then she moves to Britain. I mean, you can assume Britain because of Mason's accent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like from Hong Kong, that's like a pretty solid like immigration path. Yeah, There's a lot of people from Hong Kong that would go to, to the UK. And again, like she would, she would be staying, even though she has a PhD and everything, she wouldn't go, she would stay like, she would lay low. But also it's not like cleaning houses and whatnot makes sense. Um, And, and then it would also not be a stretch to think that eventually Rittenhouse managed to track her down and maybe she was like, she was probably either very old or even dead at that point. But then they saw, they found Mason, they saw what he was doing and it was a good way to kind of bring him back into Rittenhouse. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, so I, mean, I think it's, it's a good theory. Yeah. It's a good theory that could definitely track, but 
yeah, I thought a chariot was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the parallels they kind of draw with Rufus's family and Mason's family, like him yeah. wanting to take care of his mom and stuff like that, because they that's what they both want. Mm-hmm. But I also thought Patterson Joseph's performance was really good here. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's obviously tipsy or drunk, and then he's also being very like sincere, mm-hmm. and he like but- knows he's doing like he just portrays that really well. Yeah, and he doesn't. Yeah overdo the drunk thing like you yeah can, he's not like you can yeah. see that mason is like under the influence for sure but he's not like flat out drunk with like the slurring like very obvious mm-hmm. slurring speech um mm-hmm. and also when he i love that when he gets to the thick of things like Rittenhouse knows you've been tempering with the recordings it kind of sobers him up a little bit yeah um but yeah so like the um, the matter is it like this is rufus's last chance so if this one doesn't go well mason can't protect him or his family anymore yeah. so and it's a good moment to raise the stakes mm-hmm. of and that, you know because it's like fail or don't fail here with mm-hmm. and you know Every time something like that happened, we obviously know everything is going to go super smoothly. There's not going to be any issue whatsoever. Yeah. I'm sure everything is going to be fine. Yes. And uh, yeah, after that, Mason leaves after apologizing again. And Gia comes out of the room. And I mean... She could hear the door, the front door closed. Like, she could hear the conversation beforehand anyway. Um, But yeah, she's confused. But before Rufus can work out any type of excuse, they get a text. Wonder what's happening. Um, You know what I wonder about? What happened to their pizza? Right. Oh, I didn't (laughs) thought of that. Did the guy did just, he go just back like knock on their door and nobody's there, or did they like catch him in the hallway on the way down? And you know what? Oh, I like that. I like this at Cannon. They caught the delivery driver on the way down and brought the pizza to Mason Industries and shared it with everyone. They probably yeah, did get a meal before yeah. we left. My question is, why is everybody at Mason Industries in the next scene yet, Same. and Lucy is still at home? <laughs> yep. So like, I it's didn't not like, get that one. I was confused. Yeah, it's it's not like she changed after like leaving Denise's because she's still wearing the same thing. Yeah. So why yeah. like either she already was home, and like why is she so late compared to everybody else? Does she does she leave like that much further than everybody else? Or uh, was she still at Denise? And then in that case, why didn't she get there at the same time as Denise? Or was it she somewhere in... Like she was at Denise's house, or was it just me? No, no. I no, think that I was think her was kind of Yeah, I think they look the same. They her... have like a similar look yeah. to but Or at least I like think... at Carol's house, yeah. I could so, see yeah, it also yeah. being a scheduling issue with Abigail. Like she couldn't be there that day on set or something no oh, and so be. they just filmed it as her calling her yeah. and then they filmed her scene later oh that could be could be i haven't thought of that but yeah, yeah. uh 
But anyway, yeah, anyway, like Flynn went to September 25th, 1780, uh, just north of Manhattan, and Lucy right away knows what's going on. Um, like she even guesses the place based on the date. Um, and so she she gives a little bit of background on Benedict Arnold, whose name I again misspelled. Um and like what he was doing around West Point. And they think Flynn might be there to potentially kill Washington? Question mark. Um, yeah. I always like how like off base their guesses are because it's like it's the obvious answer, but it's never the right answer. But I also like here where why it's like the British might win or something, and Mason goes bully for them. <laughs> <laughs> I love I trip. love Mason in this scene because like even like you can see him on the side, he's just like sitting here drinking coffee to like sober up potentially like mm -hmm. it's hilarious like i don't think we mentioned enough how um because like we always talk about malcolm barrett and his comedic like delivery and timing and mm -hmm. how like subtle it is i i don't think we've mentioned that enough about Patterson joseph he does that yeah. very well too he does i yeah. also think that this would be a really funny like you know deleted scene or something if it ever existed of like what Gia and Mason talked about for the like remainder of the time period the lifeboat was gone because <laughs> obviously she knows <laughs> something funny. is going yeah. on and then you also have agent Christopher there who knows that Mason is doing something too so you have Gia acting awkwardly Christopher it's... trying not to like let on that she knows Mason knows something and Mason's drunk like I feel like that I feel like that's a, a behind friend's... the scenes scene yeah that's a, a good friend situation like I know that you know, but you don't know that I know that you know. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's um, like, what do you know? Well, I don't know. What do you know? There's mean potential there. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, next scene, we're in 1780 and we have our Where's Waldo shot. AKA, like, find the time team in the big uh, overhead shot. Um, mm -hmm. We are in Lucy's Outlander era, and I love it. It's that one of her best definitely looks. an Outlander outfit. I know. Yeah, she stands I, out. Yeah, my, and my my favorite part about it is that she took the time to curl her hair before the time jump. Yeah, well, I I decided maybe she could have just had it like that already, and then it was pulled up. But then you would have seen like the that awkward ponytail. Yeah. So yeah, she definitely did her hair. You got gotta gotta make things accurate. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, okay. for Washington, it's not so much Benedict. <laughs> no, I guess. Yes, oh right. no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it because that's just too barf worthy. Uh... <laughs> oh no, no, no. I feel like no, she no, had a very yeah. presidential moment. I feel like she has a lot of presidential moments, and this was very similar to the one she had for the other one that uh, he wrote the Abraham Lincoln. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they had yeah. like the same scene twice. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But they also um, like. I I I I'll mention it when when we get there in 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 a second. Very soon, yeah. Uh, the time team arrives at Arnold's house, uh, which is not it, by the way. I mean, you know, I quickly googled it, and it doesn't look anything like uh what's no, labeled as. Because I looked, uh, I looked up the Rittenhouse compound too. And the interior was shot in a separate location from the exterior, but that exterior shot is a um, 
when they pull up to the mansion after being let in through the gates mm-hmm. of Rittenhouse. Um, that exterior of the mansion is in Langley, British Columbia, and it was up for sale within the last couple of years. And I saw ranges between fifteen million and or nine million and fifteen million for well, that that's house. That's my price range. Um... Right? <laughs> you were but talking yeah, like... to us about those Canadian real real estate prices. I mean, Vancouver and Toronto are like the highest uh, real yeah. estate market in Canada. Like they, I think the average house in Toronto now is like probably close to nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. It's like anything with yeah anything with like, like two three bedrooms, eight hundred nine hundred thousand. Like that's mm-hmm. not happening anytime soon. Um. But yeah, of course they couldn't like it would have been nice though if they could have like copy pasted a shot of that house, but it's like literally the opposite coast of where they are filming, so you know, I don't blame them. Um Yeah. They found like the right like time period or whatever, and that's Yeah, it looked like it looked like it could be. It was yeah. a, a very, very pretty house. Um but yeah, they walk into the, the front yard and they are stopped by soldiers. Uh and ultimately uh General Washington appears. And all three of them look completely shocked, but also like didn't shouldn't they have expected that he'd be here? Yeah, they were just saying they didn't know if he was there yet. So I don't know. Yeah, but like you you could have at least like you knew it was at the very least a possibility. Like, yeah. Even like a strong possibility. Um, and, but uh, Lucy, yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Lucy has another uh fangirl moment here. It's like people holding guns at her, and she's just like, Always, oh, George Washington. I, I love Lucy Preston so much, I cannot even express how much I love her. Um, but yeah, going back, uh, I Pulled again the IMDb of um, the most more pr- prominent guest stars in this episode, and George Washington is played by actor Damien O'Hare, who's from Northern Ireland. Um, from what I could understand, because like I haven't seen a whole lot of things he's been in. Uh, it was mostly roles in UK TV in the two thousands, with the exception of. Uh, he was a, in the first two Pirate of the Caribbean movies. Um, he played, uh, I think it's Lieutenant Gillett, Gillett in there. Uh, I I haven't watched those movies in forever. Um, Is he the um, Commander Norrington's like second in command? I, like I said, I haven't watched those movies in forever, so... You tell me when you know. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's he's also done some like voice acting, a few roles here yeah. and there. Um, he's also a That's theater it. actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and in that surprising or not so surprising appearance, we cut to the credits. Yeah. So. For our history minute, I covered Benedict Arnold and then also a little bit about the Culper spy ring since that was their Yes, cover. I was hoping. Um, yeah, I don't go too much into it, just a little bit like an overview. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, so for Benedict Arnold, he was born in Connecticut in 1741, and he lost most of his siblings to yellow fever when he was really young. And that is what drove his father to alcohol and uh, drinking. And then later, the family also faced some financial hardships um, as well. During the French and Indian War, he enlisted in the militia and then returned home and later started an apothecary business. Being, an, a, being a businessman in the apothecary business, uh, Arnold was directly affected by the, St- the Stamp Act and the Sugar Act when those came around, and he joined the Sons of Liberty. Um, he also joined the Connecticut Militia and was instrumental in the capture of Fort Ticonderoga with Ethan Allen, which was the first victory for the Continental Army. And during the attempted capture of Quebec by the Continental Army, he was injured in his leg. So that's the first injury he has in that leg. Oh, he does recover. Is it is it like the planes of Abraham combat, like fight? Is it is it is it at that time? Do you know? I am not sure. I really haven't looked too much into the fighting that was in Canada. Because I, I uh, I'll take a quick look. But uh, I went to Quebec City a f- uh, few years back, and mm-hmm. like you can see that plane with all the um uh the holes really from uh all the cannonballs and whatnot so keep keep going oh, i'll maybe. just um yeah i don't know like the bit. locations and stuff like that i just know the battle happened in quebec and it was kind of a failed attempt to capture the city uh general montgomery dies so if you've listened to hamilton the thing where he's like um oh it I might remember it might have been the neck in quebec well in summary like that part of the song uh he was talking about General Montgomery there during the uh, the capture or the attempted capture of Quebec. It might be because it's it says uh, the the battles of the Plain of Abraham happened in like seventeen fifty nine and seventeen sixty. So it looks like that was before then. Could have been yeah. there. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. This is seventeen seventies. Seventeen seventies. Okay. Maybe before. Never mind. Moving on. Sorry. Uh, so he does recover and returns to fighting after his injury and he gains more victories as he's promoted to the rank of brigadier general Um, and during the battle of Ridgefield as mentioned by Lucy uh, talking about Wyatt fighting with him uh, he did have two horses shot out from under him and then kept fighting Um, so he was was known to be brave but also he was gaining enemies within his own ranks as being a little too brazen and others also took credit for his actions as well. So um, when Congress creates new positions for major general, so there's, I don't know if this was the same at the time, but I know now there's usually like four ranks of general. There's brigadier general, major general, lieutenant general, and just general. And so he's trying to climb the ranks. Um, when they create a new position of major general, he's passed over. And so he's not promoted. He attempts to quit and Washington talks him out of it. And eventually he was promoted, but his pride was wounded. And so during the Battle of Saratoga, that's when he was very seriously injured in that same leg that he had been at Quebec. And um, the battle was a continental victory and important to the war because it convinces the French to enter the war. Um, But now, obviously, Arnold needs time to recover. So Washington appoints him to the assignment of military governor of Philadelphia in an attempt to allow him that time. And while in the city, he meets and socializes with loyalists and eventually marries Margaret Peggy Shippen, who has loyalist sympathies. 
And so obviously being a commander in the Continental Army, um, or high ranking officer, he, uh, He's kind of towing the line here. He's also breaking several regulations during this time and trying to profit from his position as military governor. And so that's looked down upon heavily. And this isn't the first time that the topic of Arnold's relationship with money has come up. Um, there was this kind of like back and forth between some officers where both attempted. He like got somebody court-martialed. They did counter um, like accusations and stuff like that. And one of the men he angered, a man named John Brown, actually said, money is this man's God, and to get enough of it, he would sacrifice his country, which I think is very telling, because I think that was before he was even military governor. But yeah. uh, that attempt to profit off wrong. his post in Philadelphia. Yeah, they weren't mm. wrong. Uh, that attempt to profit off his post in Philadelphia led to a court-martial hearing. He was not court-martialed, but did get chided by Washington, who called his actions imprudent and improper. And that stung. Um, and w Arnold felt very betrayed by Washington during that time. And it was around this time period that he started giving information to the British. So he's pissed off and he's basically selling out. And so like, once he was appointed... It's right? like, you, you keep doing, like, dubious shit and then you're getting upset that you're being called out on it? Like, hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like he I thought that he should have been afforded more leeway being Washington's friend. And maybe I'm wrong to see that, but I feel like that's probably where that was coming from. But um, he's giving information to the British. And then once he was appointed to the command at West Point, he asked for 20,000 pounds to allow the British to take West Point, uh, which was a critical area. Uh, between their two basic like northern southern battlegrounds mm -hmm. like lines of communication and stuff came through west point um unfortunately for him the man who he was brokering the deal with general clinton's intelligence chief john andre was captured and he had papers on him that implicated arnold as a traitor and so andre was hung as a spy while arnold escaped on a british warship and that kind of made some people on both sides mad Washington had actually proposed a trade where he would trade Andre for Arnold and was denied. So um, he had been willing to give John Andre back to the British and they didn't want to give up Arnold. Um, he did give Arnold permission to let Peggy go back to Philadelphia because he was unaware that she was actually his connection to Andre. Uh, she'd been the one introducing everybody and making this connection so that they could kind of form that alliance and now with the british uh he is given the rank of brigadier general and he started fighting alongside his former en enemies um there's a side note here washington does attempt to capture arnold he sends his cavalry commander major henry lighthorse lee who is the father of robert e lee the confederate general and also i think it's i don't know this is always like trips me up Robert E. Lee was married to Martha Washington's great-granddaughter, so George Washington's step-great-granddaughter. And that's always just, like, blows my mind for some reason. But Is that the, Virginia, is that like, the uh, Hamilton's Lee that I'm a general? Wee. Honestly, I don't know. I have only listened to parts of that musical, believe it or not. Gotta... <laughs> I want to see the whole thing in person, so I haven't watched the, like, uh... the one on Disney Channel and stuff like that. 
It's so good. It's Disney so good. It's so good. Yeah, Disney Plus. I don't think it's a Disney um, Channel type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so Arnold was almost captured uh, by a man who made his way into the British forces, but that capture attempt failed. And then Arnold continued fighting on the side of the British for the remainder of the war. Following the war, he attempted to get a commission in the regular British Army, uh, but was unable to. And he eventually settled on speculation in Canada and privateering in the West Indies. And then he returned to London and lived there until he died in 1801. So that's Benedict Arnold. Kind of got lucky there a few times. Huh? Yeah, really yeah. lucky. Which I can see why he was angry because he was part of some pretty instrumental battles early on that like if we didn't have those wins we wouldn't have been able to win the war later um mm -hmm. but yeah he definitely like dug his own hole himself too with that yeah he's like, he, like he, so he wasn't like really, he was completely like yeah he didn't know, really react to it in the most mature way yes yeah it's kind of like a bit of a toddler tantrum well, if you're yeah. not giving me this, then I'm going to go to the other side. <laughs> yeah, it, and it turned very quickly. It was, like, within a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, but Definitely. also, like, going to Philadelphia was probably, like, the worst thing for him at the time it happened. Because he was sitting there meeting those loyalists and things like that. And so, mm -hmm. like, right whenever he's mad at Washington and the Continental Congress and the Continental Army, here are all these people who can sympathize with him and you know, get information from him, pay him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so then we also have the Culper Spy Ring, which was kind of their cover for the episode. Yeah. And uh, Washington dedicated around one-fourth of his intelligence budget to this Culper Spy Ring, which he had created alongside Benjamin Talmadge. And the name was actually a reference to Culpeper, Virginia, which is where Washington had worked as a surveyor as a young man. And their focus was mainly around New York and Long Island, and they gathered a wealth of information, such as a plan to ambush the French support that was incoming. And that was actually information given to them by Benedict Arnold. So uh, they were kind of, before they even realized Benedict Arnold was giving any information away, uh, they were stopping that. Uh, they were also able to gather naval codes for the British and hand them over to the French during the Battle of the Chesapeake in eighteen or in seventeen eighty one, which leads to the surrender at Yorktown later. Um, for spying methods, they had a code dictionary, but they also had invisible ink developed by John Jay, whose brother or sorry, James Jay, whose brother was John Jay. And then they were also so discreet that despite members being arrested several times by the British during the war, they were never caught. And the ring was not actually discovered as a real thing until 1929. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, so, some real, that's a short like, version. Um, Austin Rowe was a courier for the spy ring. Um, so he was a real person as well. Okay. They also mentioned like Cornwallis and Clinton and stuff like that during the episode. Um, but I didn't go into them too much. Well, they're pretty inconsequential. Did yeah. you find anything on David Rittenhouse? The he actual... was a real person, yeah. And so, like, what? um, he does have, yeah, yeah, he's a real person. He was actually a clockmaker, a scientist, he was an instrument maker, an astronomer. He has a clock in the Smithsonian, um, one at Drexel University. And, um, they're mostly like 
tall case grandfather clocks is the ones I found. But uh, yeah, he was a real person. Oh, this is creeping me out. He's it's apparently I, I, I related to Stephen King. Yes. Oh, this is creeping yeah, me out so great, bad. <laughs> great grandfather, I believe. Oh, yeah, it God. was like his Rittenhouse's brother was um Stephen King's like ancestor. So like yeah. uh Stephen King's grandfather was like David Rittenhouse something or other through his mother's side. Yeah, David Rittenhouse. It was on IMDB or Amazon, I can't remember which one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. That makes thing. a lot of sense actually. <laughs> <laughs> but he did not have a son. He only had daughters, so yeah. no John. Yeah. I I was kind well, of, of course, like, no John. I, he's yeah. gone and disappeared by the end. He's gone dark by the end of the episode. Yeah, I did kind of have like a, I don't know. I felt like that was a bit of an odd thing to include a real person, maybe, just to like, like to make him that I'm, evil. Yeah, to change someone's you know, reputation. What if, like what if, that. what if Rittenhouse is a real thing? And then yeah. they kind of I mean were that's where it makes it in timeless. Yeah. And then they expose themselves but by exposing themselves. We think they're not real. So we're off the track. And if we people say Rittenhouse really exists, then they're gonna think they're crazy because it's a fictional thing, obviously. Yeah, no. I think that's where like the interesting like fictional part comes in of like, oh, like this could be real type thing. Like it could be part of history. But I do creepy. feel like it's a bit uh <laughs> odd to make him that yeah. evil and that disgusting <laughs> to yeah, a real person. I would who... like to see the rationale behind like how they came up with with the character from like yeah how they developed the character from all the information they had from the real David Rittenhouse. Because mm-hmm. from everything I've seen, it doesn't seem like he was a bad person actually. Maybe that's just it just seems Yeah, like, I mean there's nothing that you know, he's made decent. that comment. Yeah. Um, he was though apparently the first uh hold on, what was he? The first like US mint director. Yes. So he was in charge of our money for a little bit. I mean the the fact that he has a Wikipedia page. How did I never see that? I've always assumed yeah what I'm looking on. I've always assumed that he was just like completely I mean I guess technically he is because it's a totally different persona from the real life written. And actually, speaking of the U.S. Mint, um, they actually made a uh a medal of him uh in yeah is it eighteen seventy four? Yeah, looks like it. Yeah, uh, um, the mint the David Rittenhouse Mint and Treasury Medal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, yeah. But I do love that they use the clockmaker so that, like, the because it's all around time, right? Yeah, and then like the the idea that the clockmaker controls time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it gets creepy towards the end of this episode. So creepy. Very. Okay, I'm gonna have to deep dive on David Rittenhouse because now I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, there's not actually, like, a whole lot out there, but there is, like, a little bit. So I think it's just interesting to see, like, where it that. all comes from. And, like, it, I would really love to, like, like get into it and just see how they, you know, like, what, what 
liberties they took. So, um, you know what? Now that I think about yeah, it, I yeah. don't know if I really want to deep dive into David Rittenhouse because mm -hmm. God knows what I'm going to find. And I don't want Rittenhouse to come after me now. <laughs> so we saw what happened with Flynn, okay? Like, Should we like stop recording this episode? Learned. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. don't don't post this one. We'll just re-record that thing. Uh, David Rittenhouse was not a real person. He never existed. <laughs> we know nothing about him at all. Um, let me Google on Amazon like extra dead dead bolts for the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so back to our episode. Uh, inside the house, the time team is alone in a room. They're talking about Washington when Flynn comes in and he convinces Wyatt to lower his weapon when he mentions he has someone outside ready to kill Washington and he needs their help. And I waited for Wyatt to go, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, he, he's no. totally bluffing. Flynn is bluffing there, I think. I don't think I so. Think I think he would. Well, no, but okay. But like, like Washington comes in right after and like, how would he have told his guy to like kill Washington I don't know I assumed he just meant like he had somebody in there with a weapon so that if he walked back in and just like gave him the nod oh, yeah, he would pull the gun on him but yeah so Washington enters and Lucy kind of plays along with Flynn's story and eventually so do Wyatt and Rufus and he believes they're spies part of that culper ring and he tasks them to capture Arnold and bring him back so um, but like how great is it that you know they're not going to trust Flynn obviously but when Lucy starts to play along they trust Lucy enough despite everything that happened with the journal and whatnot they trust Lucy enough to go along with her yeah which I mean I think that they don't have a lot of choice here either it's like go along or you know, they don't know exactly what Flynn has in place so they really can't that's, not... yeah that's that's true but I don't know I just I like this yeah um, but yeah, so Flynn and the gang kind of move into the dining room to talk, and Flynn needs Lucy to find Arnold. She knows everything about Arnold, and Flynn doesn't want to bring him back. He wants to interrogate him, and he gives them this scroll that he found in the clock, and it's a letter from Benedict Arnold to his wife, and it's about Rittenhouse. There was invisible ink there that he's uncovered, um, and that's when they truly kind of figure out like what's going on here. And that Arnold was a founding member of Rittenhouse. So, like, you know, Rittenhouse was created around this time period. They were recruiting members and that Arnold was part of it. And Flynn wants their help to end everything and promises to hand over the keys to the mothership if they do. And he rips the pages out of the journal and hands them to Lucy. And, and yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Rufus is recording because... Yeah, yeah, he's going, you can't say this. And Flynn kind of turns and is like, oh, you mean because of the recording device? And he's like, well, shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, he's giving them everything they ever wanted to here, though, because as she's reading the journal, he turns to Wyatt and is like, I can tell you exactly what happened at this address, which is where I'm assuming Jessica's either found mm -hmm. or murdered. And Wyatt's kind of like, no way. And he's like, I'm better than the police. Like, I'm in SA. Which, like, I have con contacts. Yeah. You that know, makes like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's handing over, like, everything here. And, you know, he's telling Rufus he can get rid of Rittenhouse. He's telling Lucy that he, he will stop changing time. He's telling Wyatt that 
he'll get his wife's murder like he's handing them all that they've ever wanted so like it's enticing mm-hmm. and then um he really just wants to like end them before they ever started yep. so i thought that was interesting because it's like if they end them now they don't have a time machine Oh, like, that's really interesting. Well, no, they still change. do. They because... have one because the time machine like, is set apart from reality. But like when they return to Mason Industries, Whoa. does Mason Industries exist? <laughs> oh, like, that would what's be fun. There? That would be <laughs> like, fun. They, like, can, they can either like, yeah, they can get, they would get back to like either Mason Industries, but like not obviously the time machine like set up so they could be like in the middle of offices and just boom uh <laughs> yeah like that's something like they like it doesn't exist so like they don't have the support for the time machine like those people who come in and like do the plugs and everything at the end they don't have gia but though like, all of that's gone i mean they don't have to Christina. be fair though they don't really need the the setup like they would expose the time machine obviously but mm-hmm. they they don't really need any more of setup because they wouldn't need to time jump anymore yeah but like, and also, and also, they would have the mothership, who's like which is which runs on that plutonium battery that they can mm-hmm. use forever, basically. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's but a like, fun uh, that's a fun image to think of. Like, what do they come back to, and like who sees yeah. the time machine in the present? Uh, yeah, but I also thought that it was interesting, like that they, you know, when they start like talking about Rittenhouse is like Benedict Arnold's a founding member is like were they always going after important people in history because they were important to history did Rittenhouse make them important to history or did Rittenhouse somehow know like the future and know they were going to be important to history like I think it's I thought that was interesting a mix of one and two yeah they, he didn't know yeah. the future. He just knew that they were important to yeah. history at the moment. Because yeah, exactly. So kind of made them made sure they remained important to the yeah to the stuff, and then they don't know about time like, travel. He yet. says it at the end, like they they're they're not they don't necessarily want to be front and center. They're more behind the scenes, so they're gonna place people that can make sure. Um, they don't really even need to be that important. They're just going to make sure that they can influence whoever is important so that is history can go their way. Yeah. And so um, when they get outside, the time team kind of talks away from Flynn and Rufus is stressed because the recording is now obviously messed up and he's already I mean. been threatened earlier. And so now he like has to get rid of Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. And... Wyatt is considering helping because he wants his wife's murder and Lucy's pretty torn. So they're kind of on different levels here. Uh, Flynn comes to them and tells them they're going to pretend to defect. Uh, and Lucy wonders how the British will believe them. And turns out <laughs> it's that they will be being chased. I, I, lo- I love like soldiers Flynn's pretending smile, to like, shoot at them. How are they going to build? How are they supposed to believe us? And like, Flynn just looks at her and like, well, you'll see. <laughs> Well, it's like, yeah. I didn't realize it was going to make it look so real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked a little dicey for a moment. But uh, they do make it to the British side. Uh, and yeah. uh, they're taken to Arnold, who's already wearing his red coat. 
Yep. And they pretend to be loyalist spies uh, with info on Washington's troops. And then once again, Lucy does her job well because she kind of convinces Arnold that he knew um, Wyatt and they were sent by Clinton, who she kind of dropped some details that were like well known within the British army ranks that he was kind of erratic. And so um, he believes them and takes them to Earl Cornwallis and things escalate quickly. Mm-hmm as you might say, <laughs> and uh, they kill Cornwallis. Uh, Benedict Arnold is played by actor Curtis Caravaggio. I couldn't find a whole lot of things on him. On him. Uh, I'm guessing he's either Canadian or based in Canada because he's got a lot of roles in Canadian shows, like Rookie Blue, he was on Flashpoint, mm-hmm. recently in Departure, there was an old Canadian show, and also like Timeless was shot in British Columbia in season one. So, yeah, I'm guessing he's probably Canadian. Um, you also have a couple uh, episodes in Supernatural. So, oh, cool. Creep Key reusing guests. <laughs> uh, I don't know, actually, now that I think about it, because other than the first episode, um, like whether it's Kripke or Sean Ryan, um, they don't write another episode. Uh, so they're still obviously showrunners, uh, and like creators of the show. So I don't know how much, uh, involvement they were in casting. Well, from what I understand, yeah, so no. from everything I've heard, it's season one. They while they didn't write another episode of um the show, they were very much still the showrunners at that point. Season yeah. one was their show. It was they were in the writers' room. They were in charge. They were involved. Season two, they hand it off to Arakila San Mitman and yeah. Tom Smarts, and um, yeah, so they kind of run it as showrunners and Kirky and Ryan step back a bit, but the because obviously they're doing other stuff at at the same time as well, but they're still, mm-hmm. from what I've heard, I listened to an interview with Erica Lissandmit, and she said that um, whereas they were running the room in season two, they were still, like, Ricky and Ryan were still kind of making, um, they, they were still kind of like, uh, oh God, what's the word? They were, they still had to like approve or like the mm. vision of the the shows and stuff. So they weren't like show running, but they still were like the supervising. I guess much. guides. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they like um approved all the you know creative direction and stuff. And it, it's gonna um, be interesting yeah. to look at the the guest stars in season two to see if they we have as many like supernatural. And like Kripke or Ryan Show alum, uh, in those guest stars as we do this season too. Yeah, sure, that would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I I, I, cut, I cut you up. I just wanted to uh, talk about him. Uh, so they're in the room with Cornwallis. Things escalate quickly. Sling kills Cornwallis. Lucy hey. is very angry. Um, and Wyatt helps contain the situation or he's managing the situation uh, by I, capturing Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> taking I, I, I had a note about this um this scene because I thought it was really 
interesting. I feel like this is Flynn kind of talking, like, obviously, like, I mean, he's gone, you know, Flynn is kind of crazy in, in many some ways, but, like, he's really just, like, I feel like this episode, he's really, like, I don't say erratic, but he's volatile. Like, yeah. You, yeah. like, you notice it, like, from, like, the first minute he walks in, even, like, at the beginning when he's trying to convince Lucy and Wyatt to help he's just like he's so he's desperate he's at the end for him it's he yeah. kills uh you know whoever he has to kill at Rittenhouse and it's over with and this is like he's just doing everything because like he's, he's doing he's, everything he can he get. knows um, that this is his his best chance as getting rid uh like of getting rid better best chance to get rid of uh Rittenhouse and come home to to save like to have yeah, his, his wife family. and daughter yeah. so like he he's just fresh out of fucks it's like whatever i need to do i'm gonna do it i don't care yeah. about maintaining pretenses i don't care about saving any this part isn't of about history. history yeah it's saving uh his wife and his daughter and that's it yeah yeah. So like Heather we... said, he's gonna give the time team everything that they wanted. The mothership, like every information that he has. It does not yeah. matter because his only goal is to save uh his wife and daughter. That's it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's taking like the like we had Bonnie and Clyde last episode where I kind of said like it doesn't seem like Clyde really ever like killed for fun. It was always because they were in his way. Mm-hmm. and that's kind yep. of where we're at with Flynn. Flynn is like, you're in my way. I don't I don't think Flynn's way. ever killed for pleasure. Yeah. He killed because, yeah. uh, like you yeah, said, he, he was the people that was in his way, and he felt like he had no choice but to kill them to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, they get Arnold tied up, tied up, and Flynn kind of starts questioning him, and he really just like, does not care what's happening anymore no. and arnold's kind of like what like who are y'all and he's like oh we're time travelers from 2016 and arnold's like yeah right <laughs> sure you're crazy okay um and that's when they discover that rittenhouse is just one man so lucy kind of starts sympathizing with him and he's like no he is going to do this and they're like wait <laughs> he and, like, and so that's when they dis- discover flips. Yeah, yeah, it's David Rittenhouse, which I thought was interesting because I was like surprised as they were that it was just one person. Because I was all at this whole time, I kind of assumed it was more like, you know, it was a group of people, or like a couple of people. Yeah. And so, like, you know, we're seeing this one person starting all of this at the with the background of like the groups like the Sons of Liberty or, you know, the Continental Congress meeting and forming as a group. Mm and not just one person in charge. And so I thought that was interesting that we see that. And Flynn's well, I just think surprised actually, everybody else too. I think actually going on from what you're saying about, like you have these other things that were, you know, sort of group ideas. And then this one is just one guy. I think it's, that's an interesting like contrast the way you have, you know, people who are doing, a good thing um who are coming together to collaborate and to um exchange ideas you know to do a good thing whereas you have you know um 
David Rittenhouse here, who's he's one person with an agenda, and he's you know bent on um, controlling history. So it's just like it's 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 interesting, like um, yeah, just the the contrast, you know, of how you know power essentially corrupts mm -hmm. when. You have, you know, mm -hmm. one guy trying to make the decisions for everyone. Um, yeah, I, th I thought that's just an interesting yeah. point. Yeah, well, and, like, also, I mean, point out, like, he, Lucy points out later to John that, like, what they're talking about sounds like tyranny over, you know, what they're trying to form here in the colonies with the war and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, like, what's interesting too i think is like while they're trying to fight essentially what they see as a tyrannical power and gain independence from them within their own colonies they have this thing that's kind of like embedded and emerging and controlling everything and so i thought that was interesting too like how that's played out i still just think it's kind of odd they used a real person <laughs> but yeah um, I agree. yeah yeah like i just think that's interesting too because like very like like a lot of like Obviously, Parliament is involved in the British governing system, but a lot of like, the rhetoric and saw in the colonies of George the Third, and mm -hmm. so he against the king himself, and so I thought that was interesting that they're using you know that one person behind the scenes when they're fighting. You know, oh, that's the king okay. himself. I, I like I like that. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that I just think that was interesting, like how they played that. Um, yeah. So I kind of see where it comes from, but yeah, like I was very surprised it was still just one person. Um, and, and I then think Flynn... this this moment is what really makes Flynn go even more nuclear on everything. Yeah, because yeah. like he came in knowing that he could potentially get rid of Rittenhouse before they really formed, but I still thought that was probably like a group. So it's still like yeah. it's possible, but it's hard. And like at this moment, he learns to know potentially it's just one person that I have to kill, and this is yeah. done. And he gets quite emotional about it. Like, yeah, and he threatens Arnold's wife. So he's like, you know, if we don't return in three days, she'll be executed. Which I don't think that would be true. No, but um, they even bluffing his way through the whole. No, him appealing <laughs> here. Yeah, like him appealing here, it's obviously he's appealing with the knowledge of someone who has lost his wife and his mm -hmm. child. So, like, you know, I thought that was interesting how much weight was there, too. I mean, we'll we'll get into it a bit later, but Goran Vizhniks is the MVP of this episode, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's yeah, it was definitely his episode. Absolutely brilliant. Um... Yeah, like I, yeah, I love it when he says like, "Oh, the things we all do for love," and like, oh, well, yeah, look at what Flynn did for love, like really, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because that's like what all of this is exactly. Yeah, this is the only reason. Yeah, Rittenhouse really targeted the wrong person. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, so. Uh, we're a little bit later, and the time team is waiting downstairs for Arnold and Flynn, and they they're talking, they're um, debating whether or not they should be 
part of basically an assassination plot. Uh, so, like, Rufus is in right away, which, uh, like, he wasn't at first, but I think knowing it's just one person, knowing what's at stake for him and his family, knowing that he's going to come back with a tempered recording uh, that Mason can't protect him anymore. So it's not just him, it's his family as well. So, like, it's it makes the decision a bit easier. I don't think he likes it in any way, but, like, he's just in. Um, Agreed. Wyatt is in two. I, I mean, as a soldier, I feel like it's expected that he'd be in. Well, I feel like he was already in the moment Flynn said he could mm. sit and yeah. tell him who killed his wife. So, like, I yeah. don't think there was anything. I think the only thing holding them back now is that Lucy doesn't quite agree because she obviously doesn't know how history is going to change. And sh she has a good point here. Yeah. Because yeah. you change that. And again, we don't know exactly how Rittenhouse has been involved in really the entire world's history from yes. this point onward. So we're mm -hmm. talking like 250-ish years of history. The ramification of killing that one person mm -hmm. has got to be like huge. Yeah. Um. So like, I... I I totally get it. And on the other hand, um, she's also thinking about Amy and because I mean, and at the end of the day, that's the goal is to stop Rittenhouse. So like, I, yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, she's also thinking about like what Christopher told her of like, you know, she could lose her family. Like there are mm -hmm. like all of that. Lucy's kind of considering, whereas Wyatt and Rufus have their own. Yeah. Things that they have to think about. So, yeah. She's like the only one who's not really getting what she wants out of this, but Wyatt does make a point if he wants her to agree with them before they move on. Like I like that too. She doesn't they, agree. They it could, sounds like he wouldn't yeah. go along with it. They could go, it's like, well, two two against one, but no, it's just we're all in on it. We all have to agree. Mm -hmm. And and I, I do think one of the reasons she agrees is because both Rufus and Wyatt are already in on it. So I think it kind of mm -hmm. sways her. Um, but like she she agrees, but you can tell she's not like a hundred percent. She's not a hundred percent. It's it's really yeah, she's against, not all in. Yeah, it's it's against. Uh, like if it was just her, I think she wouldn't have gone. Yeah, which I think it makes yeah. sense later that she's the one to stop him from shooting John. Definitely. I think Wyatt or Rufus would have been too, but for the story. It makes the most sense to be her because she already had a qualm. Yeah. So if you add yeah. that person right away, she's gonna be no, no. That's like that's the line. Yeah, and like you said, obviously Rufus and Wyatt draw the line too, but they probably would have had a little bit more hesitation. Mm, I don't think they would have for like, him for uh, killing a twelve-year-old. <laughs> no, no, but I don't a, think they would. Like a little, is he twelve though? <laughs> He's got to be he's like 12. 14 or 15. He's 12? I thought they said he's 12. Oh, really? Well, uh, she makes a point it. that Flynn was 12. So maybe he is. A, he's a young teenager. I mean, maybe. he's a teenager. He's a kid regardless. But uh, yeah. he doesn't. Honestly, I don't think Rufus him, or White Him being 15 pause, or 16 but... or him being 12 doesn't really make a big difference in there yeah. anyway. Yeah. 
he's so stunted he might as well be eight honestly um yeah like the i just don't think that they would pause and think like oh yeah let flynn do that i think they would do the same thing as lucy they might take a more like physical approach than a you know talking him down approach but like i don't think they would hesitate either way because he's still a kid like not not for very long i think it might have been like a a split second more but yeah, like you said, for the story, it makes sense that it's Lucy that yeah, for, really for gets wise, there. Like what's but, happening? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they all get into a carriage and start their way to the written house compound. Uh, on their way, they have to make a a little bit of a stop, just really so that Lucy and Flint can talk. Um. <laughs> Um, but then Arnold they, have, they Arnold do have to really probably get from New York to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that would be quite a trick. How how far is New York from Philadelphia? Honestly, I don't know, but it's not too far. You can get there by train. Oh yeah, but that that's a little bit slower than train. I don't know how long it would take. Um. Also, your idea of it's not far. Is not I know. I have a idea <laughs> of how um, far not far is. Um, I don't think I really don't think it's very far. Yeah. Anyway, but it might uh, be like you know within a day you can get there by okay. carriage. Uh, a little bit of a thunder mug joke. Yeah. Was <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to use the thunder mug. It's like, oh cool what like what's in it no you pee in it okay (laughs) never mind uh um but yeah anyway lucy and flynn are are left alone to to talk and i actually really like this scene um so she she notices how like how good he is with horses and so so she she kind of asks him about it and he tells her that when he was a kid he wanted to be a cowboy um and like they they have this little uh, moment where she's like I I told you that we would be working together important scene for people who ship Flynn and Lucy together this is a big like not I don't know if it's a big part of the fandom but it's a uh, not inconsequential part of the fandom that really ship Flynn and Lucy together I can't see it because I spent so long thinking that she might be his daughter that that just that no i mean i gotta I say like it. like i i i i do see it like um i i do I see the appeal because yet though like no I feel but like it comes up like later yeah but you can you can see that there's there's definitely chemistry between goran and abigail for sure oh yeah yeah they, they have a them, really good on-screen that. chemistry um yeah i could see i mean i see that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Of like, so like i can have some kind i totally get why some people would ship it for sure um but so she asks him because now that they have a possible future where rittenhouse is gone um she asks him what he'll do after and he admits that of course, he just go see his family, kiss his wife, hug his daughter one last time, and then disappeared. 
because he's bullshit. Basically, he's gone too dark. That is poor shit. All the shit. Like, no. I. <laughs> that made me dislike Flynn quite a bit, actually. You don't think it's an interesting, like, or like, uh, you, you don't think it's, I don't know, morally, I mean, it's interesting in some way? I think it's one of those things that are like, I'm going to do the right thing and separate myself from my family. But if you think about it, like, he's bringing them back to life. Obviously, mm -hmm. I don't know they, they were killed, but he's bringing them back. And for absolutely no reason, he hugs his daughter, kisses his wife, and is like, bye and just abandons them so he yeah he knows he selfishly knows they're alive mm -hmm. and selfishly knows they're out there living with their husband and their father and just left for no reason yeah i think yeah, like that's i think that's, that's a very fair. selfish take. like you can you i don't can like, i i understand why he he would do that yeah. uh the question is is like Cause like I I think he really he really means it. Uh, the thing is is like when you're faced like it's one thing to say it now, but like when you're faced to these two person who he loves more than anything, back in his life, they have no idea what happened. They have no idea what the thing is done. Like would he would he be able to tear himself away from that? Yeah, true. Which I mean like. We see this with Noah's already experienced this of like Lucy doesn't know anything about the relationship, but she never did this intentionally. Like he's he has selfishly and like gone through history to mm -hmm. destroy this man. He's destroyed like Lucy's life and you know her sister not or being there and like he has all these things that he's messed up for so many people, and he's just gonna walk away from the thing that he's fighting for. Like he's gonna bring it back abandon that family and just like what live out his life as like a hermit or something like it just it's, i mean it's, it's this whole time he's been I, I acting selfishly however this like i was just kind of like okay you're you're making yourself like something of a martyr here that it's kind of like okay get over yourself i don't no, care no, if you no, stay no, with your family point. and torture yeah, yourself no. for the rest of history <laughs> like you brought I, them I, back. You get to deal with the yeah. consequences of having to be a father who has to deal with the fact that he killed people to get his daughter back. Like the other, the other thing you can <laughs> look at. I'm, I'm making myself like devil's advocate on purpose. Oh, um, I'm usually the devil's advocate, yeah. so I get it. But yeah. you can also see it as he knows. Like obviously, he realizes that everything he's done, like he's done some really, really horrible things. Yeah, and making himself the martyr, like torturing himself by abandoning. Um, his wife and his daughter once they're alive maybe it's like his way of punishing himself for like yeah but obviously he he's not gonna his have any... his child i mean i don't think that's why he's doing it but i understand your yeah. point i don't think he yeah. thought I don't, I don't think he thought it through that i much, think i think he I... feels like because like uh, i agree he, he's punishing his his wife and daughter because they have no idea why he's doing it but i think in his head he's thinking that He's giving them a chance at a good life and at a lighter life than he would with him in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think he's thinking solely of himself here. Of like, yeah, how he might, how he will feel about living with them, rather than how they will feel having him back. Like, that's fair. Yeah, and it's 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 a good point like that you make. He's done all these things, and he now, you know, he's fought for this cause, but um, now you know he he he's giving it all up, and like you said, kind of making himself that that martyr. I think that 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 that's a really good point that I didn't um think of. He, he yeah. in some ways he kind of should have to live with the consequences of but again like in in that in that in that timeline where you know there's no reading house and he brings back his wife and daughter and goes and like hug them for one last time i honestly don't know if he'd be able to walk away from them anyway same i i i'm not sure about that either i think we're probably part of it is like i can't say much but yeah yeah, there's (laughs) there's probably stuff that y'all i i don't know yet but like I could also see like he's saying this and he's like this is my plan but it yeah. also comes out of that little bit idea that he might not succeed in this plan of like he's like yes like in this hypothetical situation if I mm-hmm. ever do get them back I could do this I could walk away but it also comes from the fact that he's afraid that he will have to live without them either way. So like yeah. I could see part of it being that, but yeah, like I was like, mm, you're right. Like thinking, I hadn't thought of that because like it's also like a way to kind of protect himself from failure. Because either way, he he's living with that. He he doesn't yeah. get to live with them. So even if he fails, it hurts a little bit less than if he knew he could have his life back with them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah good good point too um but yeah Wyatt interrupts because they need to get, get keep going um and they arrive at Ridden House the Ridden House mansion so it's really a mm-hmm. mansion it's huge um and house house we have just a uh, Flynn <laughs> and Arnold um on the side kind of like doing a little bit of surveillance see what what's happening in there uh and arnold say like they, we can't bring everyone and they decide to leave rufus behind which you know yeah kind of get it because that would probably not go over super well uh yeah. also it's a Even good thing we they... find out rittenhouse is like yeah yeah honestly yeah. they could have even yeah. left lucy behind um <laughs> yeah it's like that would have that would have saved us from a lot of yeah i mean if you moments. like imagine how disgusting that conversation could have gone uh, yeah worse past lucy like if Rufus had also like oh yeah that would have been yeah. like the lucy side of it was disgusting enough we did not yeah. need the Rufus side, but also of it. like and, Flynn agreeing also, to leave him behind is what his downfall is in the, or I guess it's what saves them really is what Rittenhouse's like downfall. Oh yeah, yeah, like we need Rufus inside Rufus to behind. come and save them, save yeah. their life because if Rufus had yeah, been the there, they'd all be dead. Save. Yeah, big Rufus, another big Rufus save. Save, we'll we'll yeah. get there. But yeah, anyway, so we have Arnold, Flynn, Wyatt, and Lucy going into the house, and Rufus left behind. 
to be able to save the day as usual. Um, and I just want to uh, say quickly, because this, this whole section before they get into the house, I thought it's a really great sequence. Like, it's, I don't know if you noticed, but like, before, when they're on the, when they're in the carriage, it's a bit lighter. I don't know if it's necessarily sunny per se, but it's, um, you know, there, there's a bit of light in the air. And then as soon as they get to the Rittenhouse mansion, it's just like overcast, it's dark. Mm -hmm. you, you can, like, there's just this change and it's like really tense, foreboding, it's ominous, it's scary as hell, quite yeah. frankly. I noticed that too, like slowly it's darker and darker. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I get closer and closer to meeting Rittenhouse, yeah. yeah. I hadn't noticed that, but that's that's a really good that's really good actually, because like let let's face it like after once they get into the written house house, um, it gets dark like in all sense of yeah. the world. The rest of this episode mm -hmm. is really really dark and really disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, they go inside. Um, and the other thing that makes makes this really like disturbing you're really uncomfortable in that scene mm -hmm. is like it's quiet and you just have the ticking of the clocks yeah yeah there's a lot of moments where they use like the no background music yeah it's yeah. it makes things so much heavier yeah. like it's it really really good it's creepy um, yep but in there we meet John Rittenhouse, the son of David. Uh, that's when we learned that his father is a clockmaker obsessed with time, which apparently you already knew if you knew that David Rittenhouse is an actual person. Uh, but I did not know that. Um, Arnold asked the boy to get his father, and but he, like, he doesn't do it. It just goes and sits at his desk and starts working on his clock. Yeah, he's kind of, he, the kid plays a very good, like, creepy brainwashed child yep, yep <laughs> he yep. really does isn't he actually which, uh, isn't he the one you said that's played by uh he yeah uh, i'm, get, I'm gonna Ned. get there yeah. um let me find it the act so since we're talking about it uh john Rittenhouse is played by actor jake brennan uh he's been a few things uh mostly one-offs like criminal mind and Gent and agents of shield for example where we recognize him from it's and it's kind of a bit of a deep cut this is our One Chicago alum of the week. Uh, he plays the... Uh, he played, just one time, the Med's lawyer's son in an episode of Chicago Med, I believe not last season. Eight. In the finale, like not yeah. last season, yeah. the one before. Finale seven, whichever, whichever one it was. Yeah, yeah. seven. I not last so, season, yeah. but the season before. Exactly. I forgot Yeah, season seven. Yeah. are on now. I feel like I've uh, missed... Yeah, it's like episode seven twenty-two or something. Yeah, he yeah. he was like uh he played lacrosse and got hurt or something like that. Yes, that yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's our one Chicago alum for the week. Uh, he and he plays this really well. Uh, but yeah, that that conversation and that kid. Yeah, is... it's just like the. You know, it's never, it's always unsettling, I guess is the best way to put it. It's always unsettling 
to hear adult words come out of a child's mouth in that way i guess of like how brainwashed he is yeah um by his father and like oh the peasants and the you know tyranny control it's always like yeah that father says father does father and (laughs) it's like you're in a cult leave your dad yeah no (laughs) but like actually though it's like (laughs) yeah like textbook um, yeah, no, I yeah. was not expecting a creepy cult. I really wasn't. <laughs> it, it it's like I mean the signs in some ways are like all over the episode, but like it just makes it mm-hmm. like really, really clear what this whole thing is like, and it's it's just building more of this idea of who David Rittenhouse is before he comes in. Like it's just everything it builds like you can hear it in the words and the way he the way like, and also, said it yeah you see because like you know how he says father says like a peasant is no more capable of showing it of choosing its own path than the hands of a clock and mm-hmm. so much so that it's it's also john's case like john is not one of the he's one of the peasants in his father's mind Mm-hmm. Yeah, like John He's being cannot choose just as much. Yeah, yeah, John so cannot choose his, his path. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's actually really interesting is uh, very quickly actually, I'm doing um, which you just get to now. I'm doing um a social science course, and um, it's very interesting. We're learning about like all these different sociological theories, and um, it's just like learning about all of that stuff and how you know some theories you know say that um there are certain people in certain like only certain people can set can occupy certain roles like everyone has a place in society and stuff like that um it's just really interesting to like hear it um spoken about in in this way i mean obviously mm-hmm. like when you read the theory you know how troubling it is mm-hmm. but um seeing it in like the con this kind of context is yeah reading house is that on steroids like yeah yeah Yeah. it it also makes me wonder what who was john's mother like yeah in this one like it's more of like a he chose a wife (laughs) uh yeah that's what i was wondering is like was david like actually married were to someone whether it was their choice or not i cannot imagine how someone would choose to marry that man but you know who knows yeah um women got a lot of choice in it at that no no they they did i mean they did some Uh, but uh for the most part yeah uh but i wonder if because you know how he talks to lucy later david i mean uh what was she part of his breeding stock yeah, that's kind of uh, I need a shower. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um but I like also like it's it's subtle. Um, but as he talks, like so John is definitely like stunted emotionally because he only had one in every opinion, way, yeah. which is like his father's opinion. Like yeah. he doesn't have a choice in any of this. Uh but at the same time you can sort of see he has like through not just this conversation but through the his entire 
scenes and like what follows he has his own like a little like his own sort of feelings emotions and even a little bit of doubt but as soon as those come in he kind of like checks himself and no like this is what my father says so this is what is right you know what i mean yes yeah. i mean there's parts of it yeah like he questions he or he tells him he's like i don't want to watch this he tells mm. him he has to and it's like well his word is law so I exactly and and yeah. i think this is this is why like when lucy asks him like what do you think and all like, no of a like, me that no one ever asked me that and i feel like if you had uh maybe a, like it's too bad that the things unfold the way they do after because if for whatever reason that was the the end the end of is an interaction with the whole thing like he he might have been able to at least reflect a little bit on that like oh wait i'm allowed to have my own opinion i'm the kid's brainwashed so i don't know how far that would have gone but it was a little bit that was planted yeah it was the first seed that could have been planted and i think unfortunately what happens after like completely erases that little bit of or it could reinforce it i think there's two options there but obviously i don't know what happens going forward in the uh, series so yeah oh yeah that's true <laughs> you don't know i mean okay. <laughs> yeah. i almost said something and i'm like mm, wait no that's no never mind uh <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, at this at this moment, uh, they're interrupted by David Rittenhouse, who enters the room with like two of his men, I guess. Uh, and David Rittenhouse is our main, like, very recognizable guest star of the episode. He is played by actor Armin Shimmerman, uh, who's basically principal Sp- snyder from buffy yeah which i was waiting had... for that snake to eat him yeah me too it would have been, been okay great uh, totally uh more than snyder actually because like snyder was fun yeah in the end he went out in a in a attempt at glory but yeah <laughs> honestly so I, yeah it surprised me because when i when looking at his imdb page he's only 19 episodes of buffy yeah he just like has such a presence in the ones he's in i know i thought like because it's it's within if i remember well it's the first three seasons right um I he comes think... in after the first principal gets eaten oh that's right so it's only two seasons or well, like no, I think he, he that's in the half. first season. Yeah, it's like two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, because it's like yeah. I think it's around episode I want to say nine ish. Nine ish, the hyena. Like episode, the hyena yeah. scene. Um yeah. but yeah. Um Mr. Shimmerman has 210 credits to his name. So like he's been in a ton of stuff. Um and turns yeah. out his big, big role was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yep, he was Quark. Quark. I have no idea what that means. I I don't. Um, I'm not, I don't Star Trek. <laughs> well, what's really funny is like, you know, like, like weird things just happen. So like, it's one of those weird things that just happened to me. Is like when I re- like see something or like hear something that's completely unrelated to another thing. Like, uh, I was scrolling through Facebook and someone I know found this giant mask 
and they're like, we don't know what this is. And someone's like, it's Quark from Deep, Deep Space Nine. And I was like, I was literally just like researching Armin Sherman. <laughs> and so I thought it was funny that that just like popped up. Someone found this giant like paper mache mask of Quark. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, more recently, he played a, a judge on the rookie, I think. He's in the one, like, one, oh, no, not on the rookie on Castle, my bad. Because it's just, I saw, like, Nathan Fillion, but because I was about to say, like, he plays one of Nathan's Fillion's friends, but I'm like, how could he have friend on the rookie? Because it, it's in Castle, uh, never. Mm. He, so like he's got you know important friends everywhere. So at some point, uh, Beckett has trouble getting like a, a warrant for something, and behind her back he goes to his friends like, ah, let me just make a call. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, you, you see him here and there. I mean, two hundred and ten credits to his name, so you you see him in multiple, multiple, multiple things. Uh, and he's he's a great actor. Like I really like. Usually when he comes oh, in, yeah, he's... you know it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John goes like straight to him. Uh, Benedict uh, like, kind of whispers to Flynn like, uh, this is this is the guy. This is the this is the one you got to kill. Like, this is him. Go do go do the thing. Um, uh, what's funny is like you can see Lucy's still has her doubt at this point because like she stays on her chair and she doesn't even turn like she she doesn't really want to face him because she knows what they're here for and she still has i think her her doubt about it she's very conflicted so i mean i feel like what happens after really helps putting those doubt to rest really uh like if you didn't yeah. want to kill Rittenhouse when he starts opening his mouth, you're like, never mind, go ahead. Um, yeah. But yeah, both um, like Benedict and John tells David that oh they're here to join, they're here to help, and like Rittenhouse, like yeah, no, I don't buy it, not for a minute. Uh, yes, Lucy to come closer so he can take a closer look at her, and I I don't even want to talk about like what happens next because it's just it's it's, it's, he he gauges her worth the same way he would gauge a horse Mm -hmm. really yes she's cattle yeah it was just yeah just barf 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 like the whole thing the whole yeah um i think this though like how disgustingly evil they've made him it does juxtapose against Flynn who is like he's bad but he's doing it for a good reason which is to bring his family back this guy is just bad yeah this is just yeah it's just evil power power racist disgusting little man yeah yeah uh which is i like like i love i love when we have like someone who's more balanced like you know a little bit of a good guy a little bit of a bad guy like flynn this is kind of you know he's a, he i feel like flynn you can you can say he's a good guy doing bad shit 
yeah like push to the push to the evil because of because like he's got good reason good i mean good reasons sort of to do bad things uh but i also love when we have like a a truly evil villain like rittenhouse yeah which i like flynn because he's there like if you pushed wyatt he could become flynn if you pushed lucy wanting to get amy back he could she could become flynn if you pushed Rufus because, you know, Rittenhouse killed his family after discovering he could become Flynn. And so, I like, mean, all of in that, this but episode, they could never ever push to become Rittenhouse. Yeah. And but, so and I, I mean, like yeah. that of like Flynn shows that side too. Yeah. And when you say like they could become Flynn in this episode, they sort of do. Yeah. They have that vigilante justice. Because they're yeah. willing to go and kill that guy to repair the bad things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was like interesting. Flynn wanted to be a cowboy because a lot of like the justice in the West, yeah, yeah, in like cowboy yeah. era, it was very much vigilante. The good guys and the bad guys were the mm-hmm. same people. Sometimes one of them just had a badge. Yeah, you know, like it was very much like that. And so, like, I thought that was interesting that he wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah, uh, and how he kind of frames that of you know the good guy taking out the bad guy because mm-hmm. that wasn't always clear. Yeah, uh, but after he she answers his question, which I will not repeat, um, he signs he like gives a sign to his men and they hold way at gunpoint. Lucy ends up with a knife under her throat, and like he he knew from the get go that they were here to kill him, and yeah, like. It's just it's uh, so uh, is it here just... that he sends he sends roof he sends Lucy like no, not quite yet into a bedroom. It's just it's so it's just so. I I, I yeah, just wanted to make a, a point later. quickly going on from what Heather was saying because it's really interesting. I had the same sort of thought too about Flynn as um as a cowboy and thinking about it in like today's perspective you know like before Flynn was an NSA agent like he he was working for the good guys and I think it's just, it's really interesting and it kind of particularly in this episode I think it's framed really really well because it's this episode is you know kind of like thriller in 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 a lot of ways it's got the tension the you know subterfuge it's got the um you know all these elements of um good versus bad and right versus wrong truth etc and i just thought it was it's 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 interesting because you know, now the team is working with um, with, with Finn. And like you said, any one of them could, if you push them far enough, they can become uh, Flynn. And, you know, they, they expand on it later down the line. But, yeah, like, like we've said for most of, you know, this episode, it's not that Flynn is a... Finn is a bad guy, but he's not... He he's he's bad, but he's not like a full on villain. He does have yeah. some redeeming 
quality from him. So I just I thought like putting and put knowing Finn's history and putting it, you know, just seeing how um putting it in the context of this episode, I just thought like, yeah, it was interesting. Sorry. Just, I just wanted to add that quickly. No, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh but we switch to outside and Rufus finds a group of slaves. Uh, being watched by, by a white guy. Um, and I love what he does. Like, he just kind of pretends to want to help uh, someone, like, takes their bucket of water, pretends to cough, and he, he falls, like, right be in front of the guard uh, so that the guard comes closer, kind of jabs the his raffle, rifle or whatever, however you call those, um in his ribs and he just takes you just take it and knock him out and i gotta say the outlander look looks pretty damn good on rufus too <laughs> and i love because like you can see how like especially we're we're in the same kind of time era um than 102 and we said like um smuts uh wrote both and it's it's interesting to do the the parallel of how Rufus was very hesitant, mm -hmm. really like um like he had he was really doubting himself back then and here is very confident, he's determined and like he's skilled, really. Because he just does it, does not hesitate, pulls the, the, the rifle out of that guy's hands and knocks him out in like two point five seconds. Yeah, um, it gives him that moment, like again, to see how it plays out a second time. Yeah, um, that's all we we see of Rufus for now. Uh, back inside, uh, the situation is pretty dire. Uh, Rittenhouse has found Wyatt's gun, and he's very interested by it. Um, Arnold is desperately trying to eat crow. Um and like say I didn't know believe me I'm on your side and whatnot and Rittenhouse just tell him to shut up, um and yeah um I mean he, he it's and oh yeah he he talks to the room I guess um like he says oh like uh. Did you know, like, he, 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 he lists, like, all of uh, Benedict's bad side, like, alcoholic father, his vanity, poor education, and, like, we've pretty much established that David Rittenhouse is a cult leader, essentially, and it just shows how mm -hmm. he preyed on Benedict's weakness, uh, like, yeah. weaknesses, uh, just to convert him just the same way any cult leader usually like finds those little pressure points yeah, to, yeah. well to, how much he people. knows about him how much is like arnold has obviously revealed about him and how much arnold trusts him mm -hmm. thinking that he is like you know someone special to him and he just humiliates him kind of in the same way he yep. felt humiliated by washington already too so like yep. you know like his pride is a big source of this episode Oh yeah, totally. And he beats it down here. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I mean, like, and you know that's how we got him in too, because he, like he said, like, um, like he promised him a very important place in the organization and whatnot. So he really found those, like, those sore points that he could really use to his own advantage. Uh, and that's something that yeah. cult leaders are extremely skilled at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, at some point he just gets tired of it and he just shoots him dead. Um, with Wyatt's gun. And he's, uh, it's, this image is in some ways even creepier than the way he is with Lucy because he just, he starts shooting and when he realizes like how easy he can shoot with that gun, he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And he doesn't even Mm -hmm. care about Arnold's on the floor. He's just fascinating by that gun and pulling that trigger over and over. And like the, the, the look of pure, it's both like pure evil and, yeah yeah, like flynn doesn't enjoy what he has to do whereas this like you can see he just like is enjoying it he's enjoying it and he's he's so fascinated by that gun that he doesn't even remember that there's a a human that he's killing at this point Uh, like at this point like arnold becomes almost a practice target just to keep going with this gun yeah. to see how it works. It's just... I think he points out here, like, throughout the conversation before this, too, is, like, he doesn't see other people or other humans as worth no. something. Oh, he's a true psychopath. Than, psychopath yeah, or sociopath. Like, I forgot which one is right. Yeah, but, uh, like, he doesn't see humans as something that, you know, have their own individual thoughts or feelings mm-hmm. or... They're all just there to, like, basically and... serve him. Their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, really disturbing. And Armin plays that fantastically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's just awful. Totally. And it's, honestly, yeah, like he's acting. not he's not in this uh episode all that much. Like he's here what, like five minutes? He's not there yeah, ten minutes. Most, yeah. Uh um, he shows at the end. Uh yeah. and I I honestly rem- like I ha- I remembered him being in so like so much more uh content in this episode, but he's not, and he just makes a really, really big impact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he asks for John to come and watch him deal with Wyatt and Flynn. Um and John like asks his dad not to do it in front of him, but you know, it's uh it's an ed- educational moment, I guess. Uh, he sentences. The world as it really is. Yeah. Uh, he sentences Flynn and Wyatt to death, and I don't know. Like, I don't know if sentences sentences is a good verb here because there's not that much of a trial. Uh, there's no trial. Uh, but he he decides to keep Lucy for his own personal use. Uh, um. Lots of brain bleach needed after this episode. We're gonna have to watch videos. Yeah, of half my notes and, just said barf. Oh uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it. This is really it. Um, so like the two. No, is it just the one? Yeah, one of the men takes Lucy away to his bedchamber. 
Um, in Rittenhouse, he's about to uh, shoot Flynn when Rufus bursts in and we have another big Rufus saves. And yeah, um, big fight in shoot ensues. Um, this was an interesting fight. It was pretty well choreographed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like how yeah, well and, really and watching like Flynn and Wyatt actually work in tandem is is mm-hmm. beautiful. Honestly, like like you said, it was very well choreographed. Uh, they're both very skilled fighters, and, and like they worked actually really well together for people that have been uh, at each other's throat and basically trying to kill one another uh, for the last nine and a half episode basically um they worked really well together in a in a pinch um yeah it's at some point in there too like lucy runs back in so i guess she probably managed to knock the other guy out or maybe someone else one of rufus's new friend came to help i don't know but she comes back in and um yeah rufus when flynn uh managed to overcome Rittenhouse man, because like Rittenhouse himself doesn't fight, he just hides, which is, you know, I mean, he doesn't really hide, but he kind of like stands to protect himself, shields himself, I guess, more than anything, uh, which, you know, it's like that kind of people, that's usually what happens, like they're all talk and when it comes to well they think they're too important to get into the fight they have other people to do that mm-hmm. for them exactly it's beneath him um and I, I love like when everything is kind of under control Flynn and Wyatt kind of exchange a little nod like yeah thank you like good fight mm-hmm. like, like there, there's like this a uh, little bit of respect as we, we were on the same team so like Good job. And they fought by right yeah. their side, like yeah, yeah. Which um, can you imagine? Wit from the Alamo was it? Was yeah. it Alamo? Which one was it? Yeah, no, it was uh, early on where he was uh, like, "We're definitely not fighting with Flynn." Like, heck no. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the Alamo? It must have been a little earlier than that. I think it's like yeah. most episodes up to this point. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but true. yeah, like, things uh, change. Yeah. So. Uh, this is where like the music cut out too. Like after they, it's just them and Rittenhouse. Like there's nothing, mm-hmm. there's no sound. And I thought that was really like a good moment for that. But uh, Flynn starts walking towards Rittenhouse, and he kind of shoots someone on his way. And I feel like it was more just to like make sure he was dead than to like actually just like for fun do it. Yeah, like, but also like at this point, before. like he's he's a he's a one track. Yeah, he's Mine. narrowed like, in on Rittenhouse. Like, Rittenhouse is there. This is my time. Like, I'm going to shoot him. I'm just like, you guys, like, you're somewhat trying to get up. Uh, so I'm going to make sure you're dead so you're not in my way. Yeah. yeah. Don't want this to, is like, too important. behind him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, um, Rittenhouse kind of starts monologuing. And he's like, you know, I have other people. They'll still continue on even if I die, blah, 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 blah. He just shoots him. Which you know is what? like it actually nobody remi- wants to listen to the monologue. Yeah, it, it, reminds, it reminds me of Indiana Jones. No, but it also reminds me of like how Principal Snyder's dies because he does the same thing. Like this is my yeah, school. He's like, I will not let it. Boof, and get, it gets eaten by the snake. Yep. Yeah, he. Uh, I wonder if it's like a thing with Armin. If he just like, I don't know. like 
Does never Dragon get to Star finish Trek the model. Now? I don't know. Um, I haven't watched Deep Space Nine actually. I watched the original. The price of being uh, a bad guy is that you don't get to finish the monologues. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like after he shoots Rittenhouse, he starts looking around for John, and that's when they realize, like, oh, he's going to kill him too. Like, yeah, because uh, like, no, he's a kid. Yeah. When when uh, when he shoots uh, the dad, like Rittenhouse Senior, uh, he like everybody. There's like a moment of shock, like oh, it's like he really did it. And on top of that, okay, so like this is over. And so you see everybody stop except yeah. for Fling, who's kind of looking around. And that's mm-hmm. like when he says, "Where's the boy?" That's when they realize, "Oh, he's not done." Yeah, and I think like you know, Lucy's obviously like, uh, "No, you can't do that." And then Wyatt says, "He's just a kid, like he's just a boy," mm-hmm. which you know you also think back to like Jessica wanting to have a little boy, and why like seeing that like you know obviously this kid has a horrible father, but he's still a kid mm-hmm. yeah you know and also like, there's also this, so both uh, of them this are parallel like, uh, where no. he had a terrible father it doesn't mean he's bad because like Wyatt had a terrible father and he's not bad yeah yeah, yeah. and so um they kind of start chasing after him and he locks them in that room and gets kind of a lead on them and then they separate and go different ways to try to find Flynn and John <laughs> when are people going to learn you never separate from each other like how many times do we need to say this yeah well and they're looking for somebody who's looking for somebody else so they're like you look for flynn i'll look for john like the same place at the same time exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, i guess they were hoping way. to like find flynn before he got to john yeah type thing but like, yeah. like let's face it so it's anyway, just, it's just so that Flynn him. and Lucy can be by themselves like it's just that yeah yeah it is um, I'm gonna have a rehash of the scene from earlier but uh, so Flynn does find him and John starts begging him not to kill him and for a moment Flynn kind of like sobs and is like you know can't do it so he kind of turns away and when he turns back because he's like got his resolve he's going to do it lucy's there and she's kind of covering where john was and we this is this is yeah this is uh, just before we get into the clip this is really goran's scene like she he's yeah Mm -hmm. he's so so good in in this entire scene um and like you see the struggle like a little bit of tremors too, like in his in his aim. Um, like you said, John is a child, and he's probably also thinking of his daughter. How, mm-hmm. like some, like she had a gun pointed at her, and I don't know if he gets. He doesn't really get into detail, like, um. But she did make a sound that night when she was killed, because um, that's like he said, like yeah, they 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 heard something, and his wife said she heard her daughter cough. So maybe she kind of like cried a little. So like it's like that flashback. I think that's probably playing in his mind too. Mm-hmm. Well, and like 
this is what Flynn doesn't want for his daughter. So like, I get that I'm going to walk away part. I think it's stupid, but he doesn't want to poison her the way Rittenhouse has poisoned his son. Yeah. And so like, he doesn't ever want her to be in this situation of like, somebody's coming after her because of something he did. I still think it's dumb, but I get where he's coming from with it in that sense of like, yeah. he doesn't want his actions to fall back yeah, down. I on think, her, I think that's it's what's very, here. it's very idealistic of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a heartbreaking scene. Like, honestly, uh, this scene, like Goran should have at least be nominated for some type of award for this scene and, and most likely win it because he's, formidable in in this scene yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's it's just yeah there's you can see the look on it's it's the look it's the the body language it's just everything is it's, it's it's all there's fantastic um and yeah and... like you really also <laughs> see the connection between him and abigail there actually also as well like a really great like acting pair um the two of them um like you can see like um yeah like the resp- like they're feeding off each other in a way and it's just it's 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 excellent probably one of my i think probably i think probably one of the best scenes personally of the series for me that's just me but like i think yeah at, at, the, at the very very least so far for sure yeah uh, it's yeah. it's a terrible scene but it's it's Amazing. It's a very bad scene. It's not Uh, good, but but yeah, yeah, like thinking back at the the entire series, that's that's probably one of the most powerful, yeah, moments for sure. Um, I also like uh, Lucy says like, uh, like I mean, Flynn says like he's gonna do terrible things. To which Lucy responds like, "Why? Because his father wants him to." Um. And it's it's a little bit of a parallel with Lucy's situation because you know she's seen that her biological father is the creepy written house dude, so like he probably like she could have been in that position where, in John's position really, had she grown up with him. Uh, and also it's also like, um, uh, like she continued like we all have choices and um are those way that's her words how you hear. I know. I saw that too. Saying, you know, everybody's got a choice. Yeah. She's like, everybody has these choices they can make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's there's this influence to, uh, or it's just, it's not all about fate. Like, you make choices. Uh, I thought those were two, like, very interesting points in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She brings up, like, it's a good way to summarize in the, see, like, the half finale or the uh, mid season finale. Um, kind of what is going on up to this point like you said like you know this could have been her if her father had raised her mm-hmm. this could have been you know this is you know where she's gone from fate 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 to history is choices per Wyatt like we kind of get a recap of everything that's changed and gone on since we met them in the yeah. pilot yeah it's just yeah. but yeah I'm always in like as terrible and as 
heart-wrenching that scene is uh i'm always like fascinated by it because it's just it's mm-hmm. just so good yeah yeah so what? flynn kind of moves lucy to the side and john is gone and so at some point i'm assuming it was probably before he even turned around like he was never behind her and so oh, I, uh, no he was he was uh because oh, when him? when you first turn around you can't see you know how lucy has her hand on like I forgot if it's a rock or a piece of wood on the side. Mm-hmm. You can see John's hand be behind, like beside oh, okay. hers. I just assumed that he was like already gone, and she was just like using her skirt to kind of cover that he was not there. I couldn't see behind. No, him. you see it. You see it. That makes sense. Okay, so at some point while he's like, so, like I feel yelling, like probably he, like when yeah. when Lucy says like he's gonna do terrible things like his father like at, in that point in this conversation, someone's like, well, I better get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. Uh, well, but also yeah. like so Flynn before before we we move to the very end. Um oh uh, should we do that here actually? No, we'll we'll talk about it next time. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so uh Flynn is pissed, He's really mad, and so he grabs Lucy and, and drags her towards the mothership and she starts screaming for help for Wyatt and Rufus. And they just don't get there fast enough. Like and this is the, the, the whole like time. The, the whole like Wyatt, Lucy, Wyatt, Lucy. That's that's gonna be a recurring thing when they call at each yeah. other. It's I I I love it every time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was uh, but yeah. So he drags her into the mothership, and off they go. And Rufus and Wyatt are left standing there, and that's how the episode yeah. ends. Which what a cliffhanger for the I know. season. Yeah. It's it's a really good like winter finale. And to think about like just the way this episode ends, like from that moment you meet David Rittenhouse all the way to the end, it's only what, like seven or eight minutes? I, it's just like a colossal finale, like to the to the end of the yeah. episode. It just hits you. Like boom. and I mean if you if you if you've watched up to that point. You're gonna be coming back for the the winter premiere because like Definitely. you want to know what happens after because you're like okay so like yeah first of all like where like what happens to Lucy and then you're like oh but okay so what happens to Rittenhouse yeah yeah so like Good there's point. there's a well, lot and what does future look like now exactly so there's a lot at stake here um a quick question is this the first time that Lucy's kidnapped by herself, really. Like she's taken. Um, I'm trying to think. I think so. Yeah. We've seen Wyatt alone. We've seen Rufus alone with Rittenhouse. And then like as no, far as kidnapping works. Yeah. Like I remember the Watergate, but it was all three of them. Yeah, it was all three yeah, the same time. And then they left Wyatt by himself. Branded was because... all three of them getting left behind themselves. Yeah, okay. Because, like, I mean, I probably clued you in. Um, This is going to be becoming a thing. Lucy's really good at being kidnapped. Like, <laughs> the Daphne Blake of, of <laughs> She's what? She's the? The Daphne Blake of Timeless from Scooby-Doo. Andrew oh, Daphne. Re- she always has something happening to her. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> uh... <laughs> very accurate 
but yeah, I mean, um, let's get into our overall thoughts in here, uh, maybe even your theories, and then we'll we'll get to the email because I think it's gonna it's a good yeah. conversation starter too. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, for me, it's like one of the best episodes of the series for sure. It's uh, it's up there. There's there's a uh, few that I I, I like. Look better than this one but it's 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 up mm -hmm. there yeah i mean i feel like i have the same like review on every single episode of like it's well written and moves forward like generously at a really good pace and so like i feel like they pack this one too which i think i always say as well but um yeah it was a good episode i wouldn't say it was like i don't know I'll have to see the rest of the series. Yeah, I think I think Obviously. for me, I, I think like for me it's really... it's. Sorry, finish because you're cutting up. Okay, um, no, I think for me one one of the the thing that really makes this episode for me is, uh, Flynn, just Goran's yeah. performance. I think that's probably one of the reason, uh, I enjoy this episode so much, just because of how good it is and and yes like the chemistry between abigail and goran as actors and flynn and lucy as characters like they're they play off of each other really well mm -hmm. many yeah no um that definitely for me watching it again i don't i mean i think anytime you watch something for the first time it obviously has a bigger effect um i think watching it this so okay look first of all i think for me definitely best of the series so far um of all the episodes we've covered i think this one is the best um here's my thing with timeless and i know we, me and you helen we've spoken about this a little bit mm -hmm. but especially the first time i watched it, i remember i brought it up Personally, I think it's also because of the shows that I watch. I like it when shows do these kinds of episodes a bit more often. And I think this could just be like a personal preference. But I do, I wish more of the episodes were kind of like this. Um, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like... Um, I, 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 I really enjoy this show and I, I love like the way it like takes um it's time to like explore the characters and stuff. Um but I do wish sometimes we had more episodes like this where it's like punchy to the point, you know, we're moving you know forward dramatically in like a really like um less filler I, 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 sorry like less filler like less filler episodes yes yeah i yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah that, that's my thing and I, I i don't know whether it's because like those are the shows that i generally tend to watch or it's like or, or what but yeah so like I, I thought this was a great episode really really loved it i thought definitely um series best for me so far um and knowing what happens in the the next one, I'm really uh, looking forward to that because I think it's a great um, it's a great position to this yeah. one. Yeah, 
Yeah, follow. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Uh, I don't think we've had like so much filler stuff but again i think i think part of it is definitely like personal preference and i think uh we're gonna get to um allison's email after and i think it it really shows that too um but um yeah i don't know if i would say this is the best episode of the series so far but it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. one of the best for me fair enough i mean i think i i don't know I think thinner is a good word, but I think also, I think, I think I probably look at it from maybe like a more, um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the word is, but I think like, I look at episodes like The Alamo, and mm-hmm. while I think it's a really strong episode, I find it really interesting that it was such a character-heavy episode for like episode five. I just, like, yeah, I see what you mean. It's like like I would have liked it maybe if they'd gone maybe if they like, maybe if we did the Alamo like for episode ten, and then did like uh, an episode where like it was just more plot focused. And I don't know, like I think that's probably just my personal preference. Um, but I but I do, I I I appreciate the way Timeless does it because I think it's in some ways a lot more wholesome um and a lot more holistic maybe than you know just pure plot 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 but yeah yeah no i i definitely was you mean i think i think um you definitely have like some episodes that are more character focused and more some more plot focused and uh, i do i do think though they have like a pretty solid balance uh, even when like an 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 episode is character focused, there's still like a decent, uh, decent yeah. amount of plot yeah. and what and and vice versa, right? Um, because like in this one, like you say, it's very plot focused, but also you have a lot of, uh, you have like quite a bit of development on Flynn's, like we see a lot of Flynn and like his yeah uh, yeah um, his. Um, hangups and, and and all of that, uh, but no, yeah, I I think you have you have a good point too. Um, <clears throat> Heather, any theories on what's gonna be coming? What do you think is happening I mean, in the present? Well, that's part of the problem with this episode <laughs> is that they kill a lot of people, including Rittenhouse, and those people controlled a lot of things and did a lot of things in history that were important. So they're probably not coming back to the same they they or, do they know might, that though cuz like on this. when Cornwallis when uh Flint shots Cornwallis like Lucy says something like oh he's supposed to sign whatever thing and like history will find someone else <laughs> like I love how yeah I mean I it is one of my absolute favorite like I have a favorite quote about history and it's that um and now I'm blanking on the exact wording it's history is very tolerant you don't have to try to impress her she'll forget most of what we say anyway and it comes from a book by David Eddings who uh wrote the Bulgaria and the Malorian, but the in- implication is that you don't have to try too hard to impress history, like if as if history was like a person, mm-hmm. because most of what happens in history, we forget it. And so, yeah, there probably is somebody standing in that they could just pull and 
you know put him in that spot but it does change history to an extent and so what happens in the future <laughs> do they come back to like normal america or do they come back to something that's changed do they come back to you know what christopher was worrying about like is there a point where they come back to like no christopher or no mason and it's somebody else in their place like I feel like they left that open here. Yeah, but that's that's the, one of the big part of the finale for sure. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Because uh, like, but, that, yeah, like, I mean, no, I mean, what what I mean is like, it's the big part of the cliffhanger. Like, it's one of the oh, the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so what's like, happening? Um, so theory wise, I feel like it could go pretty bad. You mentioned I feel like I'm wrong about this now that you kind of said that there's something <laughs> in the future episodes about what's going on with John, but hearing lucy defend him and or seeing lucy defend him against flynn and then also you know having her say he has his own choices he can make that could either turn him away from his father's ideas or that could like solidify them like i feel like it could go either way and i feel like i'm wrong in thinking that he would just like abandon them completely um and lucy kind of gave him a new like perspective on life but uh, so I think I'm wrong about that theory, but it could happen. I guess they're trying to keep as absolute straight think, face as possible. I think that's what make that's what make uh, <laughs> that cliffhanger work so well. Is it could go yeah. either way. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that could go either way. Now, my most out, out there theory is that Flynn could. I'm still on this one. <laughs> Flynn could still be Lucy's father if he brought them back, and then abandoned them somehow never like letting him know he existed through time travel so they she could he could have like i don't know how but made carol think that benjamin cahill or benjamin cahill makes carol think that lucy is his daughter because he's written house when really they're flynn's wife and daughter we don't know what written house does for all we know they can like erase memories or something so flynn could still be Carol and Lucy's. But anyway, I don't <laughs> think that's a theory that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and um, we have our listeners' email. Like I said, I'm very excited. Uh, our friend Allison from our original, like timeless rewatch. So, like, Yay. I don't know if we've. I don't know if we. Uh, I don't yeah, know if I, we've uh, touched on that I when we first dark. started. Yeah. Sorry? No, no, no. Sorry. Never mind. I thought it was you. I forgot if we, if, yeah, if we touched on that, but like in the uh, Meet Us at Molly's Patreon group, we had a uh, a group, like we all watched, we all rewatched uh, Timeless together. And I forgot if Allison went on a lot of the rewatch, but she was part of that group. And uh, she sent us her email, uh, an email about her opinion on that, uh, on that episode. And it's actually it's uh, it's really interesting. So I'll I'll go ahead and read it. It's a, it's a uh, I've been on the long side, but I honestly I I don't mind. I'm I mean <clears throat> Heather and I we are no strangers to very long to uh, <laughs> email exactly, and and I love it because it's it's actually a a bit of a different uh, opinion on than us so it's interesting so she goes uh hello helen and manny and heather when you can read this which is now so hi allison um 
After Ellen and I talked about why this may be my least favorite episode, I said I would actually rewatch it and give you my thoughts. So here goes. I think this is a significant episode in terms of how it moves the story along. It adds to what we know about Flynn and Rittenhouse and makes the time team really think about their own fears and how far they're willing to go to protect the people they love. There's also some great acting throughout this episode. It's well done, but I don't find it enjoyable to watch. And it isn't an episode that I would normally choose to rewatch because of that. One of the things I like so much about Timeless is that the show typically is able to balance even very dark periods of human history with humorous moment or storyline and entertaining banter between the team members. This episode is all darkness. There is nothing light or funny to keep it from being too heavy. The dialogue from David Rittenhouse is exceedingly creepy and disturbing, and that's the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think about this episode. I'm also bothered by some of the choices the time team makes in this episode. Yes, they've had to kill people before to protect themselves, but here they are actually planning to murder someone and making a decision to do that. Were you saying something? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't find Wyatt's argument to Lucy about how they should do this to help people convincing. Plus, they already know David Rittenhouse as followers. Wouldn't killing him just make him a martyr to his organization and make it more likely his ideology will outlive him? Uh, haven't they likely done exactly that by killing him in front of his son? Why didn't it occur to them before Rittenhouse himself says it that killing him may not even destroy the organization? There are additional layers with Rufus reacting with surprise when Flynn does kill Rittenhouse and the team clearly drawing the line at hurting John. But the idea that they would have gone along with Flynn's plan at all is very flawed and kind of turns them into everything about Flynn that they've been fighting since the beginning of the show. To put my view of this episode in one Chicago terms, Fire has always been my favorite of the Chicago shows because of the balance between humor and drama. I still watch PD and like it, but I typically I don't typically rewatch the later seasons because they are so dark. This episode of Timeless to me is like PD, and I feel that analogy, especially after PD did their own storyline this past season about a kid being brainwashed by an older family member's twisted ideology. That storyline was very well done on PD and Patty's acting was amazing, but it was also hard to watch. And I don't know that I ever rewatched those episodes. That's how I feel about this episode of Timeless. And that's unusual, unusual for me with this show. This is more of a comfort show for me and there's no comfort in this episode. Yeah, I agree. I saw kind of the similarities between the last season of PD and that storyline with Adam uh, Ruzik and the kid. They even kind of look similar, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, that's but, true. <laughs> so, yeah, like, and I agree with her. Like, I don't think this is one I'd probably rewatch again. Like, I could see myself rewatching the Alamo or Bonnie and Clyde. I really don't see myself rewatching this one again because I'm just going to be like, ew. Um, yeah, I but I do think, like, I can see Wyatt being the one most easily justifying killing Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. I feel like Rufus thinks he has to. And I think like Lucy is the one that I'm surprised she didn't step in. I really am. I, like, I yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I, if like, anything, if I, if... she was kind of leading it, wasn't she? In a way, she was kind of the one sort of being like, well, I guess that she, you know, she made it back in there by that point, though, right? Yeah. 
she like Would escaped you? whoever was like dragging her away so yeah she yeah she 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 come back during yeah. the time. um like yeah. for me i think one of the reason that lucy eventually goes along with it um be, she's she's also seeing um she's seeing it from like why rufus and wyatt are doing it so she's kind of going along within more like for them mm-hmm. or because they they needed to happen too like it's more of a it's not necessarily that she agrees with it she just thinks she has to yeah well i think like they have to make rittenhouse so evil or it doesn't work Oh, I like totally if Rittenhouse agree. Yeah. wasn't as yeah. bad as he was, like the audience, would, the audience would question it more. Like she's kind mm-hmm. of doing here. Like there would have been those yeah. questions raised if he was if he was kind of like a little bit like Flynn, with he has his reasons and we know his reasons mm-hmm. for it. Uh, yeah. Like let's say let's say uh, his wife was murdered by someone, and he's trying to do it so that it doesn't happen to anyone else again or something like that. Like we would probably uh question it a lot more. Yeah. I think we we're do never given a reason just for the reason he actually does yeah. or anything. Yeah. And so other than just I wanting think... to be in control and thinking he's smarter than mm-hmm. everybody else. Um yeah. I, 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 I think what's interesting here is that in in some ways, um in, in some ways because of of how little we know about Rittenhouse, there's almost like the, I don't know, I guess the, the, um, the, the way that they make the decision is maybe a little bit, a bit too easy. Like, I feel like if we knew a bit more about Rittenhouse, or let's say if there was like a document or something that detailed just how bad house was and then like Flynn was able to show that to the team and then I wonder mm-hmm. if that might have been like a better um way well, to what... like justify it all because yeah sorry I think that's what him giving the diary entries to Lucy was supposed to do because she mentions like all these bad things in history like the Jonestown massacre and Trail of Tears yeah. and stuff like that and how Rittenhouse was orchestrating all of it and so Fair I enough. think that's what it was supposed to do, but I think it glazed over it too fast. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I kind of agree with Allison here, where she's like, "Did they not think about it with Same. the ideology yeah. of living?" Yeah, I, I him definitely like killing him in front of his son. Like, yeah, yeah. like I feel like there are yeah, some things that they could and also like yeah. this is time. this is probably the the most surprising part when it comes to Lucy is that she doesn't fight more because she she clearly understands the ramification where killing that one person could have uh to history as a whole uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's the part that i think could have been more realistic if lucy had defended it more um i do also think that it it's probably like a time constraint too cuz they already had mm-hmm. like a lot to put in those like 41 42 minutes of episodes yeah. yeah so at some point they had to make choices uh and really like it's really hard to cut much of anything else if you think about it yeah i think they did i think they did need a little bit more though of 
why some justification the thing with it what they did yeah some justification like of why maybe they like they weren't stopping flynn no matter what once they got there like and that was never the decision to stop him so like it wasn't even the plan to stop him once Mm -hmm. they got there their plan was to let him kill rittenhouse and so like once they got there though like once they're watching him approach him like there was no stopping flynn anyway like they couldn't have done it because he was like he was going to kill him no matter what but yeah like we never heard lucy speak out against it like wyatt i think could justify it as this is bad guy bad guy you know is the mission and and again like like you said and rufus has the reasons his reasons too yeah yeah again like you said like there was no real other possible outcome because they're here like their goal at the end of the day uh is to stop flynn but also now it's become to stop rittenhouse mm-hmm. so well, like, I mean, what I think what, that... what else could they have done in this time period to stop rittenhouse like other than killing rittenhouse like yeah they, they really uh-huh. had no other option i mean i th- i think yeah. that's you know also in some ways like it's yeah the ever-changing sort of you know complexity of this whole thing is that there you know at, at the beginning the mission was flynn and then mm-hmm. the mission just it keeps as like written house like comes more and more into the pictures like the pieces keep changing and the, the, the mission keeps changing the mission sometimes is just to survive the mission is sometimes you know to find Flynn sometimes the mission is to find Flynn but make sure that Rittenhouse doesn't try and kill Rufus because of the recording or whatever like and I guess I I guess they show that well but like I think yeah there is some sort of justification needed just a little bit more like I think I think there needs to be a bit more take out like the first scene of the episode with Lucy and Denise and maybe put that at, like it's it's necessary, but like if you can put in like a small section in the middle where Lucy, Rufus, Wyatt, and Flynn, they're all in that room, they're having the conversation. We go into it a little bit more and drag it out. Yeah, I wonder if like you said, that part with Denise could have could have happened in like another episode a little bit further down yeah. the line. And yeah. they use that time to kind of uh, put more of an emphasis on the the debate between the team of whether or not we should do this and why we should and why we shouldn't. Yeah, I think that yeah. is. I think they left it in because that's what Lucy has at stake, and they were trying to kind of emphasize what's yeah. at stake if history changes. So I see why they left it in, but I agree. Like I feel like they could have put it at but a we, different yeah, and time. we already because we already know what's at stake. Yeah, but we we, and we already have for for Lucy, yes, that kind of um, increases the stakes. But we already have Amy, and Mm -hmm. Amy having disappeared. So, like, we already have that thing. Uh, Did we really need at this point uh, this increased stake? Like, it could have happened, I think, in maybe a couple episodes down the line, and then you kind of put more time. But that's like you know, again, it's in hindsight and. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's still a, I think it's still um, a 
pretty strong episode so yeah. it, it works it, as well. yeah but, but i i do understand yeah. allison's point she she really has a good point uh great point yeah uh, yeah and yeah. i think i think it is a very dark episode which i honestly don't mind uh especially in a show yeah. that is yeah. like the rest of it around it is so much lighter than something like pd where it's um like you know darkness after darkness after darkness after darkness mm -hmm. after and there's no levity uh there hasn't been a levity in 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 pd for like mm -hmm. three years um yeah. <laughs> um well, and so even like, why it makes a reference to it when he tells rufus he's had better jokes yeah <laughs> at some point. so like, <laughs> like this episode wasn't yeah they definitely bunch of Benedict this one yeah. be funny uh but uh so yeah i definitely yeah. get that point i think like to me it doesn't strike me as much here uh because the rest of the series is so much more balanced and again i yeah. i absolutely adore goran's performance in this episode so i think that really just uh makes me want to like it it really makes it worth for me to rewatch this for goran's performance um even with all the disturbing stuff in there um uh but also i was gonna say something else and i forgot i forgot a point somewhere in there oh yes also like one of the, the big thing too and i've noticed it the like in the last uh few episodes that we've done so far i've only binged that show so usually i watch that show like i've watched through and through like half a dozen times by now at least in two years but i always watch it as a binge so i'll watch it over the course of two days three days a week at most so it's like one moment in darkness in the stream of something that's much more balanced and um she gets tuned out doing what we're doing now where we really focus on one episode at a time every other week i think has given me a new appreciation of like each episode as a yeah, as a unit definitely. really and mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i think that that also if i had seen that episode by itself followed by i think something like a four or five week long break um my my feelings about it might have been a little bit different too yeah well i only get to enjoy them one at a time so yeah that's you don't have that problem here right yeah <laughs> i mean you know, like, watch, yeah, the episode like, you watch like episode 11 and then message just about and, and it like and, and then... to 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 bring a bit of levity into that i i do so enjoy torturing a little bit of I know. so i know the i know the title of the next episode the world's Columbian exposition which i'm assuming yeah. is about the chicago world's fair 1893 which has h.h holmes and they won't tell me if he's in the episode <laughs> Children went in a group chat saying, like, <laughs> he better be in this episode or I'm going to be so mad. I'm like, well, guess you'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, I think, I'm I think that's ready to watch it, that right? episode. Yeah, so let, let's do the, the outro so you can, Heather can go and yeah. watch the next so, episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter slash X and Instagram. On Twitter, we are BIT Lifeboat. 
and on Instagram and threads, we are back in the lifeboat. Uh, and then rate and subscribe on po- Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Podbean, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And it helps the show grow and helps us find people, um, helps people find us. And spread Can the I... word. Go ahead. Yeah, jump in. So oh, yeah. Uh, Manny has a new about... announcement too. Yes. Uh, we, um, well, yeah, today we pretty much rolled it out. Um, we are launching a Discord server for, um, to discuss timeless um anyone is welcome to join um it's yeah it's really just a place to just uh you know build a community around the show um anyone it doesn't matter whether you've seen the show before you know if you've seen the show like a few hundred times or you know if you haven't seen it before um we do have sections of the um discord for people who've seen the show before and people who haven't so you know yeah not everyone yeah, we'll gets have spoiled. like a, a spoiler free section and like where's yes. another section where you can discuss the entirety of the show we've already uh told heather in no uncertain terms that she is <laughs> i'm not allowed. not allowed yeah, on the she... spoiler <laughs> part <laughs> of it um, by the yeah, way um speaking of speaking of of spoilers and whatnot we do like we we talk a lot with our like timeless group in uh in, in like the patreon group uh and i want to say like i really appreciate a lot like all those people because they've they've made oh, a yeah, point of being definitely. really careful of keeping everything spoiler free for for heathers like thank you thank you guys like we really appreciate that yeah yeah definitely so um yeah so for the discord server if you want to um check it out come join us over there it's if you go to our social media so and twitter instagram or threads um click the link in the bio it's um and then scroll down a little bit or it should just be right there really um yeah on the discord server um accept the invites yeah like i said anyone welcome to join um we're hoping to build this sort of uh nice small knit well not not small knit but i mean listen if we're just hoping to build the community on there so um yeah it's in the link on all of our social media um bit lifeboat on twitter and back in the lifeboat on instagram and threads yeah come enjoy the fun yeah uh and then spread the word to any of your friends and family who are into timeless or you think might like timeless so they can reminisce and watch along with us uh in our next episode we'll be covering covering season one episode 11 titled the world's columbian exposition and watch and email us your thoughts at back in the lifeboat pod at gmail.com we do really enjoy getting emails and, and uh if, shout if out you just to want to share your... who's yeah. joined us for this episode yeah it was so great and to still have has you. to produce it right, fun. <laughs> yeah so, still has to edit the whole yeah. thing um and by the way my voice like, again, for for everybody um who wants to email us uh like i've read allison's email if for some reason you just want to share your thoughts with us but you don't want to your your thought read on the podcast that's fine too like just let us know and we we won't we won't uh discuss it on the pod that's fine too yeah and i don't read the emails until i'm given the all clear so if you want to include spoilers spoil away Many and I will yeah. uh, sit through that, <laughs> and we'll and, we'll yeah, keep more the, the section, yeah. the spoiler section for like where they belong. Yeah. 
But yeah, thank you, Manny, for joining us. Um, thank you, thank you guys for having me. This is very fun. Yeah, it's it's always such a good time. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's us for this time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.